Valverde. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 252, and damn straight, we got a doozy. I'm fired up to talk fantasy, to give you the goo, drop the knowledge. I've got stag party on the other end of a Zencaster call. I'm not feeling so hot. I'm a little under the weather, so we're doing this in separate um, rooms so that I don't get him sick. And this week we are going to do fantasy football, and we're calling it Make It Lucky Number 13. Stag Party, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Just trying to talk some football. You know, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. We're getting to the playoff time, and it's going to be good things here soon for a lot of people. And then a lot of people, you know, you might be out of it. So you'll be playing a little bit more DFS. You'll be playing a little bit more on draft. You'll be playing a little bit more, you know, everywhere. And then you'll start prepping for next year and, and figuring out how to be better. Yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty hard to believe that in many leagues, your playoff, this is your last week of regular season. And then in some of the smaller leagues, this is your second to last so, pretty exciting stuff. Crazy that the season cruises by. Hopefully, many of you guys are there right at the finish line or have already, uh, you know, clinched a spot or, and are trying to get, depending on your rules, trying to get in uh, as, a, as, a, as a top seed. I know in two of the leagues that I'm in, the first place person gets to pick their poison. So an advantage you get is you get to pick the team. If you're the first place team, you get to pick which team you want to go against in round one. And uh, as I've said on the podcast in in previous uh, shows, sometimes that really bites you in the ass. You you pick the one guy that you think's got the dope uh, team, dope in a bad way, the bad team, and they end up having their uh, best se- best week of the season. So. You know, week 13, we got two buys, uh, Browns and Titans. These are the last two teams that will be on bye week. So if you have any Browns, if you have any Titans, put them out. That puts out a lot of you know good fantasy-relevant players, uh, mostly from the Titans side. But make sure that you're aware of that. Some people think that all the bye weeks are behind it. Not the case. Uh, as usual, we are going off NFL.com, hit schedule, and then go to uh, – Week 13 of the regular season. And on this Thursday, we've got what could be a doozy. Hopefully the Vikings come to play. But that's going to be the Cowboys, the best team or the team with the best record in the NFL through 12 weeks, are going to be playing the Vikings. Uh, Let's get into that. And amongst, if you ever have a ranch or something you want to talk about that's outside of a matchup or just in the lexicon of uh, football and fantasy football and sports and whatnot, feel free to do it. But we'll get right into the matchups because that's what we like to do in season is not really focus in the rearview mirror, but go into the games upcoming to help you program and plug in the right team to get going. So let's start with the Cowboys, the visiting team. What do you got for us, my man? This seems like a classic game of just play the studs, stay away from all the guys who might be sort of fringe flex type players for you on a given week. This is a game where Minnesota is allowing the fewest fantasy football points against on the season. They're third against QBs, they're second against wide receivers, they're top 10 against running backs. So any way you slice it, it looks like Minnesota's a team to avoid. But it's going to be really hard for you to sit 
like Ezekiel Elliott, who's just been on fire. I, I want to get on a show with Houdini again to see if he's willing to concede that Ezekiel Elliott's not going to hit the rookie wall. But we'll save that for next week when we're all back together. Uh, but, yeah, Des Bryant's been a top-five wide receiver here over the last couple weeks. Well, one uh, thing to say on, on Elliott is, uh, is that they mentioned today – the coaching staff, Garrett, said, we're not going to ease up on them. You know, they're basically clinched a playoff spot. Obviously, they want to clinch the home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Uh, but they're not going to let their foot off the pedal. And they're not going to, you know, cater back on the attempts and the load that they're giving Elliot. And as of right now, you know, he's pretty, he leads everyone by a pretty large number. Yeah, I guess he's just got a nine over Melvin Gordon. But uh, on rushing attempts, he's uh, got a ton of the most at the running back position. Leads the league in carries, obviously we know that as well. So something to know, the rookie wall, if, he, if it does, does or doesn't get hit, isn't going to be because the coach is letting up uh, on his opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you're starting Ezekiel Elliott. I don't care how tough Minnesota's been. We've seen bruising backs the last couple weeks beat up on them. We saw what Jordan Howard was able to do a couple weeks ago uh, on sort of that Monday night primetime game where he just went full exotic smash mouth all over them. Uh, And then we had, you know, David Johnson just a few weeks ago sort of go ham on his own. So so Ezekiel Elliott's definitely in your lineup. Des Bryant, as we were talking about, has been one of the hottest receivers in the league since sort of returning from his injury. We see that sort of chemistry with Dak Prescott. So I think you're going to have to play him. You just need to temper expectations. He should see a ton of Xavier Rhodes, which is a real tough matchup. They're they're pretty similar in body type and body style. So that that's going to be a tough road for him to sort of try and cross. But but I can't sit that guy right now. But the rest of the receiving core, you know, Cole Beasley, he's been pretty good this season. But I'm sitting him if I can afford to this weekend. Uh, Minnesota has only allowed six different receivers on the season to be over double-digit fantasy points, and none of those have came in the same game. So it's not if it's going to be one or the other, in my opinion. But I, I got to put my money on Dez. Maybe it is Cole Beasley, you know, with that secondary coverage getting getting through. To, uh, but if you're going to bet on Dez, that means it's sort of a bet against Beasley this week. Witten, Witten's got a pretty good uh, matchup. They're just average against opposing tight ends. So I'm willing to start Witten as well if you need sort of that safer, you know, PPR-type player who might get you five for 50, uh, somewhere along those lines with, you know, an outside chance at a touchdown, not a great one. So the real question is, do you play Dak? I've got Dak outside of my top 12 quarterbacks this week. I don't really want to play him. And luckily, if you picked up Dak at any point of the season, you don't really have to except in maybe two quarterback leagues. Uh, he's a guy I'm going to avoid, but you know, I could definitely see playing him. Does, we've seen how high his floor is on a weekly basis. So it, it's definitely an interesting play if you want to go that route. But if I've got like a guy like Stafford and Dak, I'm gonna go with Stafford over him this week. Uh, that's just me. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a good point. Uh, I think when you look at Beasley, that was gonna be one of my questions when he said, "Unless you got an elite guy, you're, you're gonna sit him." Is Beasley elite? Uh, he didn't have uh, such a such a big game on um, Thanksgiving, but before that, I think he was a top twenty wide receiver. 
So that was kind of the question I was going to ask. Is Rhodes, who I think, I know the PFF has uh, Bouge or whatever uh, as their number one guy, but just eye test, Rhodes is the best cover corner in the league right now, in my opinion. Yeah, plus he's the type of guy who could do everything. He's fast, he's big and physical, so I, I like all his intangibles, his ability to cover a, a big Des Bryant you know, across the middle or even going up on those jump balls. So, so I like everything, uh, how Xavier Rhodes matches up with Des. If I can afford, afford to you know, sit Des, if I've got a lot of depth at the wide receiver position, it's definitely in consideration for me. But I still think he's a top 20 sort of ranked receiver just because he has so much upside and so much touchdown upside that we've seen in the last few weeks. Uh, this is one of the surprising games. On Thursday night, where each team gets a full week of practice because they both played on Thanksgiving, no team sort of has the advantage against the other team of a little bit more rest. It's pretty even going in here. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. And it could be a test for Thursday night games in general to where the NFL might consider making changes. We've heard sort of a lot about that this week. Yeah, well, they, they you did hear that Florio saying that the NFL is thinking about curtailing or getting rid of altogether, at least at a high level, the Thursday night. The NFL has uh, come back and said that's not the case. Oh, us, the reason was because people were getting hurt, like you said, not getting enough preparation time. It's not like the NFL and Goodell to uh, care about the, their, the health of their players. So they're like, What? You think we care about these guys getting injured? Cha-ching! We're, we're playing Thursday nights. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I've, my whole idea is, you know, lop off one of these preseason games. You're still going to go with the 16-game schedule, but you just started a week earlier. Uh, you have two bye weeks during the season. Everybody who plays on Thursday, you know, comes off a bye week. So they got plenty of time to get adjusted and acclimated. You don't have Thursday night football games for the first, you know, four, three, three weeks of the season. That way, you know, you don't have to worry about a team getting too early of a bye. So you just add in a second bye week and the things that you could do with your schedule are just insane in terms of player safety. But you know that that requires everybody giving up on potential preseason game, and they don't seem very interested in even doing that. No, that's smart. I like your I like your your plan of attack. That's a good one, Stags. Well, let's move over to the Viking side of the ball. For starters, I just want to say uh, I did this weeks ago because I drafted him and he got hurt. And in any league that I had a short bench and I dropped him, I wasn't going to let it bite me in the ass. Uh, I went back and grabbed him. But Adrian Peterson running sprints on the sidelines of practice today and uh, looking ahead of schedule. Who knows if he does anything. He might be a dud. They might wait. Um, but pick up Adrian Peterson if he's available and you're on your waiver wire this week. He could be playing in a couple weeks. Yeah, so Adrian Peterson, it looks like it could be week 15 at the earliest. Even if AP comes back in week 15, I don't think I'm going to be willing to play him in week 15. It's going to be, oh, I got to see how healthy he is. I got to see how he sort of meshes with this awful offensive line. There just might be a point if my playoffs are in week 15 and 16 where I'm not comfortable playing AP at all. So he's a guy... That, I agree with I agree with you wholeheartedly, but it's good to have that 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 bow in the quiver, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, he could be that poison pill if you want to drop him on somebody else here. Uh, if you're thinking, you know, oh my God, this guy might have to play AP against me, 
you know, something like that. Just keep them off of somebody else's team just in case. Even if you're not ready to play them, there's always that factor. So, you know, you don't want him coming off the waiver wire to beat you in week 16 or week 17 if your championship goes that long because you're an idiot. Yeah, well, let's move on to um, Bradford. Obviously, uh, what they gave up to give him at an NFL level is looking like he, his his floor and his ceiling are, are are pretty close to one another and nothing too dynamic uh, at a fantasy level. Can he do anything? Is anybody starting him? Not really. Uh, what are your thoughts in this game? Uh, and then let's move on to some of the uh, injury talk with uh, uh, Diggs and and at the wide receiver position. Bradford worth any worth a shit? I can't. I, I hate watching the guy. He's terrible. He's he's more of a dumper and a checkdown Charlie at this point than Alex Smith. Ah, oh, come on now. I that's swear saying, that's saying too much. I mean, Alex Smith is the king. I know um, he is. I hate. They're both painful to watch. They they, they got to make a rule where you got to throw it down the field like a certain amount of times with those guys. <laughs> All right, so Bradford, I don't think you can play him. I think you're going to get like 225 yards and a touchdown and a patented Sam Bradford sort of, you know, 14 to 16 fantasy points. Uh, Dallas has just been great limiting opposing passers this season. But they, they give up that floor sort of play just because they're usually winning and they force teams to throw against them. So, yeah, if you need a quarterback who's going to get you 14, Sam Bradford will get you 14. If you need a quarterback who to get you 25, Sam Bradford will get you 14. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's one of those plays you make if you're desperate and you don't want to get a dud out of maybe a Carson Wentz who's put up a, a couple of these zero touchdown games. So, and it's it also going to depend on me if Diggs is back. So let's let's move it over to him. He's been in practice for the first two days of the week, Monday and Tuesday, uh, limited practices. So it looks like he's going to be available to play unless he, you know, potentially suffers a setback. If he plays, you just play him. He's been averaging an insane amount of targets all season long, and that number has even gone up under Pat Shermer. We've seen him, you know, sort of run the Julian Edelman short routes. We've seen him run the deep routes. He, he could just do a lot of things on the football field. The only thing he's not doing for you is scoring touchdowns at a huge rate, as he has just two on the season. Yep. Well, I think he's someone that's quite interesting. Uh, just to, you know, I, I'll let you talk matchups, and I like to intersperse with the other stuff. He's a guy that next year, just from the glimpses you've gotten. Wow. Uh, and the ROI, he actually went a little high in drafts, but next year that guy is going to be so overdrafted and so overloved coming into the all-off season. It's going to be a Doug's, uh, it's going to be a Diggs um, Bukaki fest for sure. Uh, any Okay, let's go to the tight end. Uh, or anyone else relevant with, at wide receiver? I mean, you're I seeing mean, Treadwell is going to get more and more action, but you can't, you can't really think much there. I mean, the real relevant guy is Adam Thielen, who's a top 40 receiver on the season now. Yep. He, he's been a great in replacement of Diggs. But when Diggs plays, he's pretty much hit or miss. He's more of a 4-for-50 four type of possession receiver, you know, when Diggs is in the lineup. But if he's getting, you know, 8, 10, 12 targets with Diggs out, he's definitely a play if Diggs is out. Uh, the other guy who's been getting a lot here recently is 
Cordero Patterson. Yeah. He's much more on the fantasy radar than a guy like Laquan Treadwell, who, yeah. you know, his coaching staff has come out and said he's been pressing all season. But my only question is, how can you be pressing when you don't even play? Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, looking like, uh, looking like, hopefully he turns it around. But yeah, let's. I, I agree with you, Thielen. I love watching that guy play. It's always interesting to see a, a dude that almost looks like, and I'm, that's it looks like it, it could be you out there. You know, not <laughs> you personally, but yeah, you. Any any white guy could be any white guy could be out there doing what he's doing. Uh, so always wishing, always wishing him the luck. Um, but the same goes for Patterson. Let's see. Guy's got big play written all over him. Glad to see he made a comeback and turned around. Let's go to Kyle Rudolph. Uh, I think he's our graphic uh, for this week's player rankings. So I think if you, when I ask you uh, at the beginning of the week, hey, who should we do graphics for? You always throw out a guy that you, you're pretty are pumped on that could be a fringe dude, and he was your first one you mentioned. So I'm, I'm thinking you got good things uh, in, in store for him. I mean, Kyle Rudolph's just been so consistent this season. He's been seeing the targets. Uh, He's got 48 catches for 468 yards and five touchdowns on the season. And just when you look across the landscape of the tight end position, once you get past the first, you know, top tier of guys like, you know, Olsen, Reed, Walker, Gronk, Kelsey, you know, he's the top guy in that second tier just because he's been so consistent on a weekly basis. I definitely like what we're going to see from him, his matchup. Uh, Dallas Cowboys allow 9.6 fantasy points a game to opposing tight end. That is the uh, sixth worst number in the league. So I'm definitely, you know, streaming a Kyle Rudolph if I own him. It's going to be hard to sit that guy, especially against Dallas and their their linebacking core where they're not strong. Uh, I think you just play him. It's going to be tough, tough to sit him. There's only a few guys you can sit them for, and it has to be one of those studs we sort of already mentioned. Cool. Well, let's move on to the next matchup. But before we do, I want to give you a little high five, stag party, boom, boom, fire it up, fantasy pros, expert accuracy um, competition, which is uh, on fantasypros.com, a ton of sites. I think it's, I don't know how many it is, 136 or something. Maybe it's more uh, experts, quote unquote, uh, from sites and uh, the big big dogs, Yahoo, big dogs at NFL, big dogs across the landscape. Uh, you finished week 12 um, in week rankings as the number three expert so way to go buddy uh you're always uh you're you're badass at this stuff so uh proud of you to to hit that high mark uh did you feel like during the games this week were you feeling pretty good about things yeah i was like oh i feel like my rankings are doing real well this week you know you're you're high on kirk cousins you're high on a lot of these other guys you're high on colin kaepernick you're telling everybody who's hey i need a streaming option Play Colin Kaepernick. I, I don't care, and he ends up being the number one, you know, scorer on the week. So that was definitely good. Uh, and yeah, I was a little higher on Ingram than the field, and there was a couple other guys. I'm just always high on Ingram, man. That guy is so good. We'll talk about him next game. But yeah, it was exciting. So we'll see how it goes this week. Hope to keep up the momentum. Cool, buddy. Well, way to go, man. Keep it up. That's awesome. All right, uh, let's get into the first game of uh, Sunday. Uh, Pretty amazing. The Thursday game in two days. That's December 1st. Man, 2016 uh, has flown by in a lot of ways. It's been a wonderful year, and a a lot of other ones. It's been a real crap year. Uh, But 
We are in NFL time, and we'll focus on that, not the death of rock stars. Uh, so the Chiefs at the Falcons. Um, start with the Chiefs side of the ball. Whoa, we're not going to talk about it too much, but that game was awesome on Sunday night. That game was awesome. We'll uh, we'll shit on Kubiak a little bit later, but um, man, I think you just just I'm not. We're not starting with Smith. We're going to start with uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, that guy is just. He might be the fastest player that the league has seen since. Um, I don't know. I guess CJ CJ Two K in his prime. I, I've just never seen an on in pads in game guy that looks like he's he's untouchable. If it was flag, if it was touch, if it was one hand touch football, he's still scoring these touchdowns. Yeah, he's interesting, but it's all going to come down to sort of Macklin. If Macklin plays, then like he's a top thirty receiver. He's a wide receiver three. Should be in your lineup. But if Macklin plays, you know, you got to knock down his targets a little bit and then hope that he keeps getting these end-arounds. Then you've also got to depend on, you know, his ability to score on special teams, which isn't a given in a given week. But they definitely look like they want to get him the ball. His ability to do things in space is great for check down Charlie Alex Smith. They can run the bubble screens, the quick screens, you know, the end arounds, the jet sweeps. They can do a lot of different things with his sort of unique talents and just punt return ability once he gets out in the open field. So, you know, if Tyreek Hill is available on your waiver wire, which he shouldn't be, pick him up. He's electric. Uh, yeah, if Macklin plays, knock him down a little bit to where he's more of a flex play sort of. You know, with boom, bust, flex throw. But other than that, man, get this guy in your lineup if Macklin's out again. Travis Kelsey coming off two straight 100-yard games. You definitely need to play him against the Falcons, who just give it up to opposing tight ends. They don't have anybody who can cover him. I think those are their only two players on the outside you could play. Also, you know, Spencer Ware should be able to dominate and roll against Atlanta. Great matchup for him. He's splitting snaps a lot with uh, Sharkandrick West, but he's dominating carries. 19-3 to in touches last week, but the snaps were closer to, you know, 56-45, and then they also, you know, interspersed in Niall Davis for 10 snaps there. So I, I think you can play all of these guys. I even think Alex Smith is in play if you're looking for the safe floor guy with a little bit more upside than Sam Bradford, but he's just not a guy I like to play. I like to play the guys who can go off. If I'm searching on the waiver wire, that's just you know opinion. If you want a guy who's a little bit safer, Alex Smith against Atlanta is a pretty good option. Cool. Let's move on to the others. A uh, quick question on Kelsey. I'm asking for a friend, uh, Kelsey or Eifert this week. Who you who do you play? Got to start them both. <laughs> but I got too many. I got too much talent in this league. Not, I'm gonna. I can't start them over Adams, can I? Can I start them over Tyrell Williams? No. Yeah, it sucks. It, literally, the last two weeks, I, uh, Kelsey's been getting in one league. He's been he's been getting me points, but in the other league, he's been getting these 200 yard games on my bench. So I don't know. I got a tough one there, but yeah, I'm thinking about popping him in instead of Eifert. We'll see. Uh, let's go to the Falcons, and I like the way we're kind of cruising through this game because in prime fashion, even when we're not face to face, we're cruising along. We're slowly. We're, we're we're slugging along is what I mean. Uh, let's b- bounce through the Falcons. I got nothing to say here on this game. Do your thing. 
This is another game where you should just start all your studs. Kansas City is going to be coming off a five-quarter football game on defense where they were on the field a ton against the Denver Broncos. They have to travel to all the way to Atlanta to play in a dome. It's going to be a tough game for them in general. I, I think Atlanta should be able to you know, take this one, but I'm ne- you can never write off Kansas City. I mean, I think you got to play Devonta Freeman. We see that he somehow plays even better when Tevin Coleman is in the lineup. So you play Tevin Coleman as sort of the RB2 flex. You know, Julio Jones should be in your lineup. I, the only guy I really want to avoid from this team this week is Austin Hooper as Kansas City is notoriously tough against opposing tight ends. You know, Eric Berry and Derek Johnson sort of combine to just take other tight teams tight ends away from them so i'm avoiding those uh i'm avoiding hooper i was never thinking about a levine toililo but i had to get his name out on the podcast for you know shits and giggles um yeah let's talk about the secondary receivers so muhammad sanu taylor gabriel uh they both sort of been interspersing Mohamed Sanu's on the field a ton. He's sort of their possession guy. If you're looking for a 5-for-50 guy, Mohamed Sanu's name's all over it. He can also potentially score you a touchdown here and there. But Taylor Gabriel, they've been designing plays for him. And then when they design a play that works, they decide to run the damn play again because the defense couldn't stop it, and he scored on both of them last week on those quick screens. And that first one... That first one was just a thing of beauty. Yeah, the way dude. he was weaving it out and turning people's heads and then cutting them back, just making players look silly. I mean, this is a game of two satellite players. Think think about both Tyree wow. Hill and Taylor Gabriel. Yeah. And Taylor Gabriel's a guy who got cut by the Cleveland Browns. Did you like, see that the did you see that the Falcons trolled the Browns on Twitter with that yeah, thing? And they're like the, Yeah, Jesus. That was, that was great. Like I the mean, Browns did that. I'd much rather play Taylor Gabriel if I'm looking for an upside play than Mohamed Sanu. But, you know, defenses are going to have to start paying a little bit of respect to him. And that's going to open up the door for Julio Jones. So it's also going to depend where these wide receivers line up. Because whoever plays on the left side of the offensive formation owns Kansas City. Once you can get away from Marcus Peters, who only plays that side, you know, look out for who that matchup's going to be. He is going to be a guy to play in DFS. It could be a little bit of Taylor Gabriel, but they like him in the slot. So maybe it's Mohamed Sanu able to get free. And I like uh, Julio Jones coming off his pretty much his worst game of the season. I like uh, a, a, a revenge or a uh, uh, Matt Ryan giving giving him back and getting him going down because uh, he all of a sudden uh, dropped down a bit in his uh, in his quest. Uh, he was number one wide receiver for a while, and now he's number three. Uh, so let's you good here. Before we go to the next game, let's keep the lights on. All right, the Lions at the Saints. This game is 
This game was going to be amazing, probably. I mean, geez, Louise, maybe I'm totally wrong, but just at face value, I'm thinking that the second half is going to have fantasy points out the wazoo, and you just don't know what's going to happen here. So let's start with the Lions. I'll start with Ebron. Ebron had a, a piss poor game after he was hot as hell. Uh, you delivered the top positional weeks um, earlier today, and it was uh, it was refreshing to see Ebron. I think is uh, number three percentage wise on top finishing top 12 at the tight end position but he had a dud of a game there on um, Thanksgiving uh, biting a lot of people in the ass what else do you got to say about the Lions I mean this is a game they set the over under opening at 54 points well just just it's one of the best games of the year in terms of team totals it should be a game where the offense offenses just roll there are suspect defenses on each side. You want to get as much action in this game as possible. So you want to play Matthew Stafford? Absolutely. You want to play Eric Ebron against a team that struggles defending tight ends? It makes perfect sense. You want to play Marvin Jones after he hasn't done anything since his Week 3 sort of you know breakout 200-yard game? You could do that as well. Uh, I mean, you want to play Golden Tate? Do it. You want to play theoretic? Absolutely. Play them all. They're all good plays against the Saints. This game should just be a shootout up and down the field. Uh, and it, it just means good things for fantasy owners. And if you're playing those DFS lineups, there's going to be a ton of people game stacking this game to where all the players in their lineups are just in this one. <laughs> nice. Well, I... Anything, anything else to say, or should we move on to uh, the Saints? Hell, Anquan Bolden could even score a touchdown in this one because he seems to be their sort of go-to red zone threat. I, I just think you play all the guys, you don't worry about it. You even play Marvin Jones. Everybody's going to ask, should I play Marvin Jones this week? This is his best cornerback matchup since week three. He's literally gotten you know tough, tough corners every single week until now. Now his schedule opens up, and just look forward to playing Marvin Jones again, not just this week, but in, in coming weeks as well. I'm surprised to see that actually New Orleans is, is favored in this game. Home team, fast track. Detroit doesn't know how to you know get close. They always want to lose games in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right. Let's go over to the Saints side. Start with Breeze, number one. Uh, maybe not the number one QB, but had a great game uh, last week. Um, lighting it is up as friggin' usual. The guy's just a ageless wonder. I don't know how he does it. Right now, I think he's number two for quarterbacks. Uh, God, he could could probably if he has he's closed it out strong. He could hit the five thousand yard mark again. Uh, talk about your, uh, your your Ingram love. I mean, the thing is with Ingram is he's sort of a tougher play this week. Uh, how Detroit plays is they're a funnel defense. They're um, a lot better against opposing running backs than they are against opposing receivers. So you could definitely play Ingram. The thing is they don't give up rushing touchdowns. They give up the fewest touchdowns to opposing running backs on the season. So you're looking at it, and you're like, oh, I don't really want to play Ingram. I just think you have to play him. He He's so hot right now with his, oh, Hansel, he's so hot right now. Uh, <laughs> with, with his rushing ability, he's averaging like 7.5 yards per carry over his last few oh, games. Man. Just getting it going. So 
the thing is, like, are they going to keep playing Hightower? It certainly seems like they are. So I think both of these running backs are in play. So it's hard to rank Mark Ingram as a top, top option because Hightower's eaten into his snaps. He's eaten into that sort of receiving game work that he was getting last season. Uh, but, yeah, it's just play Ingram, man. He was so good in that game the other day. And there was a point where they each had 11 carries, and uh, Hightower and Ingram. Ingram had 121 rushing yards, and Hightower had 15. So, I played against Ingram in a league, and the guy sat him on the bench. Thank the maker. Yeah, it was definitely you know in the realm of possibility to sit him last week, you know, coming off that concussion. But now that we see he's all the way back from a concussion, tough to sit. Now let's talk about the wide receivers. Let's talk about the goose egg Brandon Cooks put up. He got zero targets. Uh, that's an issue. He sort of complained about his role uh, in the media. We'll see if the you know squeaky wheel gets the grease. I definitely think so. But all, all three of these receivers are averaging like seven and a half targets a game. Like the target distribution between them on the season, you know, it's slightly skews to uh, Michael Thomas. But the rest of these guys, he, he's just hitting the open guy. So there's going to be weeks when one of them, you know, posts a zero. And we saw with Michael Thomas two weeks ago, he posted a zero because of two fumbles, but still posted a zero. There's going to be weeks when this happens and that one player just isn't involved. I, I definitely think against Detroit, you know, Cooks is going to be highly involved. Hopefully they design a few more plays for him like we've seen for Taylor Gabriel, like we've seen for Tyreek Hill. You know, use those sort of space players as as the the diagram and use it. So we'll see how that happens. But yeah, Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks are both top 11 receivers in standard leagues on the season. Hard to sit any of those guys. Willie Sneed, you know, he, he's a wide receiver three, but he's got upside of two touchdowns on any given week. And in a game where, I mean, they've got an implied point total of 30 points. Hmm. That is huge yeah, for an implied point total. So definitely look into playing Willie Sneed. You can even probably play Kobe Fleener, even though he played just 18 snaps last week. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure all of that was due to you know, them running up the score. They like Josh Hill. Josh Hill had a top 12 week last week. So it could be a changing of the guard, but you just paid Kobe Fleener all this money. Detroit is a week to use them as they just give it up to opposing tight ends. I mean, I, I'm surprised that Fleener only played that many snaps. He made his best catch of the season yeah. in that game when he came back and, and caught that ball over the guy's helmet. That was his best play as a Saint. Uh, wow, that, that's not many snaps, man. Uh, keep going, brother. That's it. Play all the snakes. Like, just play everybody in this game. It's a goddamn, like, but the thing I worry about is, could this game just giants uh, New Orleans you when it's like, oh, shoot out, shoot out, shoot out. But at least it's in the dome where, you know, that's a lot less likely than on the road uh, up there at the Meadowlands. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's, um, 
Let's go on uh, to the next game before we do. We'll do a little prior promo here. Do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. Also, you can check us out on Facebook. That's Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. I think we've got a great account uh, on both of those. Um, Great place for uh, to, for us to find retweets. Great place for us to do funny stuff. Great for us to put our own little fantasy nuggets. Uh, we interact back and forth on uh, Twitter, especially. A lot of people ask us questions there. We're just having a good time there, uh, posting the hell out of stuff. So if you're not using Twitter, as we've said on shows prior, um, you know, even if you don't want to be a, so- you're not a social media guy. Trust me, it's a great resource for fantasy football. It's one of the tops. Start following us. Start seeing what we're retweeting. Get that information. Get that goo. Start following people that we're following and um, doing the beat writers and get directly to the source. And the best thing about Twitter, it's you, you find out the information there first. So you check us out there. Um, let's go on to the next game, which is going to be the L.A. Rams. Uh, Dickerson free at uh, the uh, Patriots. And let's start with the Rams side of the ball. Goff. Uh, do you have three touchdowns? How many touchdowns do you have? I think he had three, but he also had a couple turnovers. And I mean, he Still, might be. Looks, a- looks more dynamic. It looks, it looks a lot better. Um, yeah. With, I mean, he might Goff be better action. than Case Keenum if that's what we're going for. If we're going for he's better than Case Keenum, and that's the bar. And Jeff Fisher is not an idiot for playing him earlier in the season. Sure, that's definitely true. It looks like he was, you know, better than Case Keenum. What else do we have to say? <laughs> but right now, how does it affect fantasy? He's still one of the bottom, you know, six to eight fantasy quarterbacks in the league. For sure. You don't want to play him in a 2QB league. You don't want to play him anywhere unless you're, like, forced to. Uh, and against New England, where you know they're going to run a complex scheme to confuse this guy, they're going to show a ton of different looks. They're going to run some zone. They're going to run some man coverage. They're going to run zone blitz. They're going to run man blitz. They're they're going to run so much that Goff's head's going to be spinning. Uh, and I'm a little worried about that. Overall, I think the only real play is I mean I I don't really want to play Gurley, but he's been one of the most consistent RB twos in the league. Like. Gurley will get you six to eight points, and if you're in PPR, he'll get you you know ten to twelve points because of his newfound ability in the receiving game. So, if if you're looking for an RB two, you know flex play, you can do worse than Gurley. I just don't see the upside against a New England team that is just going to take away the best player on offense, and we know who that is. Like, there's no debate about it. Can I ask you a question on? There was a Twitter person that asked the question, blank will score the first touchdown. And then, was that, did you, I, I, it was hard to follow a little bit. Did you say, um, what's, uh, the, the yes. uh, Tavon Austin was going to be, were you kidding? Uh, or were you being serious and then it came true? I was being dead serious. <laughs> That's hilarious. La- um, Los Angeles, like when I looked at it, Los Angeles had gotten a pretty good kick return. I thought, I don't think it's going to be a Lance Kendricks. They're going to make something happen here to Tavon Austin. So I called the first touchdown of the weekend of Sunday uh, by calling Tavon Austin, and it was disgusting. If you were in Vegas and you put that one down on uh, one of these little little side bets, um, 
That would have uh, that yeah, would have probably yielded a nice payday. I'd be taking the week off. <laughs> it would um, be called Vegas Week Two. There you go. <laughs> Let's do this again. Um, I got a question for you. Anyone else? He basically said no. There's really no one else worth talking about. I mean, Brit, Brit's been doing pretty nicely. Um, can he? It's you, Brit, you, it's you like Brit and Kendricks. Those are the only guys you should be considering. Uh, Kenny Britt's been, you know, pretty consistent here, and we've seen him, you know, have some rapport with the young kid in the last couple games. You know, he's just gotten it going. He's still getting, you know, seven or ten targets in each game. He scored his first touchdown with the kid last week. He's got three touchdowns on the season, but he looks like a guy who's going to surpass one thousand yards on the season and have you know, five or six touchdowns. So it's going to be hard to sit at Kenny Britt, who's going to end up as a wide receiver three, you know, at the end of the year. And you're just going to be like, oh, the thing is he's going to end up there, but you're never have going to want to have play him. And, like, and, and when you do, he's going to, uh, they're going to be the goose games. He's that definitely that player. Yeah, but he's averaging nearly double digit fantasy points on the season at, at, a, at a hair over nine points a game. You know, you could play Kenny Britt as a wide receiver three flex in any given week. It's a good play. Um, the rest of the guys, Lance Kendricks, we, we saw him score a touchdown. And he's got sort of a lot of rapport with the kid, uh, Jared Goff. So you could play you could play Lance Kendricks and, and have, you know, you could do worse. Like, it's not great, but he's seen seven targets in each game, caught at least four passes in each game. He's going to be more of a 4 for 40, 5 for 50, but he's got a chance at a score just because, you know, his size. But Tavon Austin is a dart throw flex play like he always is. Britt, he's uh, basically he's got more fantasy points this year so far than Allen Robinson and Demarius Thomas at the position. Let's go over to the Patriots side of the ball. Brady coming off of a you know kind of a, a lack not kind of a lackluster game. They eked out the win against the Jets. Um, is he gonna be mad and angry, Tom Brady, and and gonna take it out on these Rams, or is this a tough matchup because of kind of that defensive line starting to step it up a little bit? The thing is, it's a tough matchup because. Tom Brady, in addition to you know having line problems and them having a strong defensive line, he's got a knee issue to where it swole up and he just looked off on a lot of his throws and he didn't look like typical Tom, typical Tom, typical Tom, typical Tom last week. He was overthrowing receivers or throwing it into the ground. It didn't look like he could fully step into his throws. Now, if he's got another week of rest and he missed some practices here to get that knee fully healthy, things could be good. But if he's getting interior pressure from Aaron Donald, uh, who's one of the best defensive players in the league, it, it could be tough for him to step up and make the throws we're accustomed to seeing him make. But, I, yeah, I, I think you start him. Other guys, it's going to depend. injury, what's going on there? Gronk's got a back injury. Not much news yet. They're being notoriously tight-lipped. Uh, so we'll see if Gronk's able to come back uh, here soon. Uh, Gronk, you know, I think if, unfortunately, he left that game in the first quarter with that injury. He put up a goose egg for you. But if he plays, you got to play him just because he's such a threat for a touchdown on any given week. Martellus Bennett, in his stead, was sort of, you know, Martellus Bennett didn't do much, but was a little bit more involved than the week you really wanted to play him, which was two weeks ago. 
You know, he caught three passes for 22 yards, but his involvement has just been all blocking recently, and he just hasn't been getting necessary targets. Uh, so I, I'm not excited about Martellus Bennett. I think you could leave, drop him to the waiver wire unless you're a Gronk owner and need somebody to handcuff to him. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, I don't want to play Martellus Bennett right now. So, But if Gronk's out, it means good things for potentially Julian Edelman and the two pass-catching running backs. Uh, I don't know which one it'll be on any given week. Will it be Deion Lewis or will it be James White, who they just aren't phasing out of the game plan, and they're throwing him the ball aplenty. So we saw Deion Lewis be the guy who's more likely the change of pace back to get carries. But who's going to get targets on any given week out of the backfield is a toss-up. So I'm sort of excited to see how this shakes out for the rest of the season. But playing them in fantasy makes it tough. And I don't really want to play a running back against the Rams here uh, like a LeGarrette Blunt. But, you know, Blunt's a threat to score. So it's hard to rank him outside of your, you know, top 24. He's just a guy who can fall into the end zone. But, you know, the receivers... Julian Edelman's been getting really hot. If Gronk's out, he gets immensely more targets. We've seen sort of a mini two-game breakout of Malcolm Mitchell. He's playing a boatload of snaps uh, on the outside. Chris Hogan has sort of moved into that third ancillary role to where he's not really a weekly starter um, for them anymore. So I guess you play Julian Edelman, you play Tom Brady. We'll see on Gronk. And the the two pass catching running backs are dart throws, and Blunt, you're just hoping for a touchdown. Cool. Now, so it's it's a little worrisome for me because I might have to play uh, um, uh, Deion Lewis in one league. So, goddamn, I was hoping that he would come back a little a little faster. Uh, yeah, that's it's interesting with Malcolm Mitchell if he can keep it up. It looks like he's uh, someone that Brady's slowly uh, getting a lot of confidence in to make that big play and come down with the ball. Um, so interesting. They, all these guys have that same arm brace on their arms when they're playing. It's like uh, become a, almost a fashion statement for them. Uh, anything else to say on this game, or should we get to the next one? Remember, he also shattered his elbow earlier in the season, so that that's not just uh, style for him. Jesus Christ, doesn't sound good at all. Well, before we get to the next game, let's listen to our sponsor. All right, the Broncos coming off a tough loss at the Jaguars, coming off a bunch of them. Uh, Let's start with the Broncos. Obviously, I mentioned earlier in the show, Kubiak uh, making the choice to go with McManus, flaming McManus for a 64-yarder, which had no chance ever. I don't know what he was thinking on that one. Uh, What do you think is going to go on in this game? Simeon had what a, his best game as a pro, make dropping dimes, looking like he had total control of the, of the offense, um, scoring fantasy points, and against a, a, a great Chiefs defense. Uh, you got to think that his confidence is riding high going into it uh, against the Jaguars, who are a young um, defense that are up and coming, but certainly uh, not putting the, the fear into anyone really overwhelmingly. I mean, when we look at it, I think it was the right call to go for the win. You're not going to have another chance. You don't. You're going to punt and then just take the tie. I play to win. I don't play not to lose. So McManus is a guy who what is tied for the NFL record with the 64 yarder. 
you know, in Mile High Stadium to where it was two yards shorter. The wind was a little bit howling behind his back, and he just sort of pushed it. You know, it it had a lot of hook on it. Yeah, it, didn't it looked have like a my golf swing. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going for the win every day there. You know, if you want to, I'd much rather he do that than pull a Jeff Fisher and punt, and then take the tie and go home happy. That's not. I I play to win. I don't know. Uh, other than that, yeah, Trevor Simeon was dropping dimes last week. I don't really want to play him, but you know, back end QB two and two QB leagues. Uh, Jacksonville's been very good on defense as of late. We see that they have you know almost two shutdown corners and two shadow corners. They've got Prince of Mukamara, who typically f- follows the faster guy on the field. So you'll see you know him probably matched up with Emmanuel Sanders, and then Jalen Ramsey gets matched up with the bigger, more physical type receivers. So I'm excited to see how these two receivers, who are some of the best in the business and technicians, take on these young corners and just see if they can hold up. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers on the season. You can beat them in other ways, though, Uh, you know, mostly with your running backs. So, uh could be a good game for Booker. We'll see if they're able to stop the run. But this offense of the Jaguars just puts their defense in such bad spots that they don't gain many yards, but, man, do they give up points on a given week. So, yeah, if you're looking for a short touchdown, Booker could be the guy. I'm not in on Virgil Green anymore. I've given up all hope for him. And but let's see about this third wide receiver for the Broncos. They seem to be going to three wide receiver sets more, but the third wide receivers, you know, sort of changing on any given week, and changing in the game. Sometimes it's Benny Fowler. Sometimes it's Jordan Norwood. Sometimes it's Jordan Taylor. So there, there's none of those sort of guys you could you know start. But we did see Capri Bibbs play some more snaps, especially after what looked to be a gruesome neck injury. To where it just looked like he was going to be done for the game, but he came in there and played 30 snaps to uh, Devontae Booker's 44. So, yeah, he's a guy you know you got to keep an eye on just in case anything happens to Booker for further down the line. Uh, can I ask you a uh, simple question on um, just about that win? And it's just something remember that happened back when uh, MJD did it to fantasy owners about four years ago. If Beanie Fowler on that one bomb had taken a knee and not run into the end zone. Think about that. That nice play, that with a broken down play, that, that thought they had it, and then next uh, the Kansas City uh, countered it. If he had just taken a knee, they could have run out the clock, they win. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, sure. If you're running there, you're like, no way. My you're just like, yes, I've got to score. I'm, yeah, I'm scoring. I'm the, I'm the hero. Uh, but I mean, especially with a defense like that, you got to trust in your defense. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, well, I got a question for you. Is Demarius Thomas? I mean, you, you can't trust this guy at this point. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is, is he still? Is he a wide receiver three at this point? Is he? I, I mean, I've, we've been playing him in our blog talk radio league, and he's. He's a gaping hole on our on our team at this point. What are your thoughts in this matchup? Can he? Is is this the game he matches? Can he beat Ramsey? Is this the guy that you kind of got to start thinking about sitting? And 
going elsewhere. What are your thoughts uh, for this game and a little bit of rest of the season? Because he's, it seems like he's fallen pretty far. I mean, it sort of depends on the league you're in. Uh, if you're in a PPR league, he's pretty much given you, you know, ten points on a given week at least. You know, tw- you know, twelve points. He he's seen. I mean, he hasn't had less than five catches in a game since week one. So if you're in a PPR league, you know, definitely keep playing the guy. He's a, you know, middle-of-the-road wide receiver, too. In standard leagues, he's not scoring at a high rate, but he does have five touchdowns on the season. And remember, he only had six last year. He's probably going to be a guy who surpasses 1,000 yards again on the year. It's just not going to be ugly. Like, you're not getting those huge boom games that you were before. It's more of just slow and steady. But if you're looking for a guy who could just blow up on any given week, I don't know if Demarius is that guy for you right now. And I I don't know if he could beat Jalen Ramsey. I mean, Ramsey might be one of the best, you know, crap talkers in the league. But he's been backing it up as of late. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously, had some big plays in that last game. Uh, he's got getting a shite load of targets himself. Uh, yeah, you're, you're you're pretty much playing him as a wide receiver too, or a, a flex. Um, you like him against Prince? No, not particularly. I don't like either of these. I don't love them. I think they're both like wide receiver threes flex. I don't love their upside. But hey, we've seen Emmanuel Sanders just because he is so precise. And so technical that he could beat any corner out there, no matter their sort of speed and how they match up with him. Uh, But we've seen him disappear from games as well. So we'll see how it plays out, but I'm not super excited to play him. Cool. Let's go over to Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. Uh, I got nothing to say here. I'm benching. All I'll say is I'm benching Robinson uh, this week. He's just uh, he's awesome, but he's he just hasn't had one explosion game this season. And um, I, we, I I blame it on the team. I blame it a lot on on Bortles, but um, his his ceiling has is, is dropped the floor too. Um, what are your thoughts on? Let's start with him and the other wide receivers, and then uh, kind of trickle down from to Bortles and the running backs. Uh, I'm not playing any Jacksonville Jaguar if I can afford it. The only guy I might play is, you know, Allen Robinson, just because he could see double-digit targets, and if they're going to score a garbage-time touchdown, he's the guy most likely to score it in a passing situation. He still got six scores on the season, but has just 100-yard game on the year. So he is a tough guy to play. Uh, you know, going up against the team that allows the fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So if I can afford to sit Allen Robinson this week, I will. Um, if you can't, you can't. I understand where you're coming from. If you got <laughs> crap options, you know, there's definitely a way that Allen Robinson is the best of the crap options. Cool. Like portals. Uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm done. I'm done. So I'm just going to let you run this one out and we'll go on to the next game. Do your thing. There's not a single player I want to play. Okay, so we don't have I to mean, talk too much about him. The <laughs> thing is, let's talk about the running backs. Okay, Chris Ivory, if he was fully healthy from his hamstring pull, I he'd probably be a guy I want to play against the Broncos. We've seen that they can be beaten with run game. You know, he's sort of got the style and pounding ability to, you know, 
make things happen in the middle of that defense. But now he's got a hamstring strain. TJ Yeldon's got an ankle. And they're playing Denard Robinson more snaps than both of them because they're both so banged up. Uh, that spells fantasy disaster for what has been a fantasy disaster backfield all season. We'll see if we get some better reports on Ivory as the week goes along. That he, oh, he's fully back. He looks healthy. He's going to be the man. If then, he's, you could start him as sort of a flex. If not, I'm staying away from all of them. Yeah. Not really going as planned over there in Jacksonville, but I think uh, that's going to be a great rebound team that uh, for next year. So uh, before we go to the next matchup, uh, let me just give you a quick pyro promo. Uh, this podcast, obviously, we put a lot into it. Uh, I think we're, we're this is our 252nd show. Uh, as you guys know, we, we do about three hours every show. I'm not I don't have I'm not a mathematician, uh, and but that's a lot of hours. We've been doing this show for about six years now, and um, I know a lot of you guys have come to love it. And um, we helped you come from novice to experts in short times. With people that were already great at fantasy, we've taken given you that little extra serendipity to make you uh, a, a regular champion. So you do us a favor. Uh, give back, go to iTunes and get write us a review or write us a ratings uh, and give us some love there. Helps our stature. If you're more of an Android person and you listen to us on Stitcher uh, or Google Play or Spreaker, do the same there. Give us a follow, give us a rating, give us a write up. Uh, just help us out. You know, it just helps more people when they come across it randomly or through search or through someone um, promoting it or talking about it on social media or where ha- have you. Um, uh, you're right up and saying, hey, these guys are great. These guys have passion. These guys do the extra little things that, that, that we know we do. Uh, it could be that one thing that makes them hit the play button. So give back to us there. Give us a, a iTunes review. Other places, like I said, Spreaker, Stitcher. We're on Player FM. We're on Google Play. Uh, so give us some love, man. We put a lot into the show, and you know you don't have to tell someone in your fantasy football league about us. We get it. We want to be. Uh, we're 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 fine being the boy in the attic and the ace up your sleeve. But anybody else that you know that does fantasy, that you're fringe friends with, or at the office, or a family member, or whatever, uh, give them give them the, the know that about pyromaniac.com and the fantasy football fire pyro podcast. Thank you. Let's get on to the Texans at the Packers. Start with the Texans. Start with broke ass wiper, and um, you know I, I think this is probably a game that should be pretty nice against these Packers for a lot of the offense, but it just doesn't seem to be going that way with fantasy football and uh, the, in, in the Houston Texans. There's a it's like a silencer has been put on the offense, especially our boy uh, Hopkins. Hold on one second. It's so good. What's it? It's the lips. Thank you. Hey, Houdini, what what, what, what a sound bite you got going on over there. Yeah, quick mention. Houdini is uh, out uh, on work. He's out in New Jersey. And he, he actually, we should have probably had him on the show now that we're actually doing a Zencaster uh, because we, we thought we'd be together, but I'm, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, but I, he was basically like, I can call in or I can do bitch slap and a couple of other things. I said, be the bitch that you are and do bitch slap. <laughs> so speaking of bitches, let's talk about Brock Osweiler. Um, <laughs> you see that segue? That's professional radio right there. <laughs> you're, you're coughing. You're going to die. <laughs> um, so the Brock Osweiler, 
there's no situation you could see me playing him. Uh, the question is, can he support DeAndre Hopkins in a run game? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Hopkins is a guy recently who's been getting you those five catches for 50 or 60 yards. So if you're in PPR leagues, you know, he's going to get you 10, 11 points. But if you're looking for the big DeAndre Hopkins games where he had like 150 and two touchdowns, they're just not there with Brock Osweiler right now. And Brock's been even worse on the road. Yeah, if you have better options and it's a clear better option, Sid Hopkins. But as we sort of said with Robinson... You know, if you don't have better options and you want a guy who's you know is going to get targets, you know, go with Hopkins. Uh, other than that, Lamar Miller, you could play him. We'll see practice reports this week if his ankle's fully sort of recovered or if they're going to take him, you know, cautiously this week, probably. But he's on his way to another 1,000-yard season. Um, and and he's a tough guy to sit on because he's just getting so many carries. You just wish that Brock Osweiler wasn't jumping his six seven ass over the pile and scoring his touchdowns uh, on a given week. So hopefully that sort of sorts itself out here down the stretch, especially during the fantasy playoffs. But other than that, play C.J. Fedorowicz. He's just been getting so many targets, short. Uh, underneath in the middle of the field, Green Bay doesn't really have a, a linebacker who can come out there and stop him. So I, I definitely like C.J. Fedorowicz. Uh, and the matchup's so tempting for Hopkins to go all in on, but Brock Osweiler just makes it near impossible. Are they having buyer's remorse there? I mean, is the is the franchise just like, God damn it, we just gave our... Our franchise away? Are they, are they gonna are they gonna cut the cut the ripcord quickly on this? Can he turn it around? Let me let me tell you like this: if a guy who has a hundred dollar buy-in to his fantasy football league has buyer's remorse on DeAndre Hopkins because of Brock Osweiler, I can only imagine how much spending seventy two million dollars <laughs> on the quarterback brings buyer's remorse. So yeah. But the thing is, you can't move on from him in one offseason just because, basically, you take so much dead money on. He's probably going to be around there for another year, but we'll see if maybe towards the end of the year here if they fall out of that playoff contention because they're still you know, in the thick of it in that AFC South. Can they you know, put something together, or do they even pull him and see what a Tom Savage has? Who, I don't know. Like, this guy's been so bad that I think Case Keenum's better. Like, there's so many players I, I can go out and, you know, they're supporting viable fantasy assets. Um, Trevor Simeon's never played a day in his life, and he looks better. Like, Well, you, they, you just got to think that they're definitely going to be drafting a quarterback uh, in the draft come um, April or May, whenever it is. And you could also maybe think with the way that that backlog's happening in, in New York, Maybe they'll make a play to trade for um, uh, Christian uh, uh, Hackenberg, uh, who played with O'Brien uh, uh, at Penn State. Um, uh, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You had a chance to draft them plenty of times. You didn't. You made the smart call. Now just continue making the smart call and don't trade for the guy. Fair enough. Um, anything else to talk about on the Texans? Nope. 
going to the Packers. What is the tent that Aaron Rodgers went into? You think he rubbed one out in there? What do you think? Was Olivia Munn in there giving a little a little nookie? What was going on? I mean, that is the tent of shame and the tent of hiding it from the other team, whatever may be happening. Like Aaron Rodgers taking his, you know, pants off to get a little bit of massagey massagey because he pulled a hammy. You think so? Uh, that's the word on the street. Everybody's saying Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine, but we saw his ability to run the ball and how it sort of made a difference in that game on Monday night. Uh, we also saw him drop dimes all night long. So even though Houston's one of the best defenses in the league, uh, it, and they limit fantasy points to pretty much you know, opposing passing games, just, just start Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think he could also... I mean, you got to start two top ten receivers on the season in Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson. Uh, Randall Cobb's sort of been the guy who's fallen back here uh, recently. He's been getting targets, but ever since that streak in the middle of the season where he's averaging ten and a half targets a game, has fallen back to like five and a half targets a game over the last three weeks. So you're not excited about starting Randall Cobb right now. Uh so he's more of a wide receiver three flex play. Uh, Jared Cook gave you a Jared Cook game. The Ugh. Houston Texans are good against opposing tight ends, so don't play Jared Cook. Just like I told you not to play Jared Cook against the Philadelphia Eagles, who were one of the very good, best teams at defending opposing tight ends last week. Cook just always looks clueless. Um, to go back to Devontae Adams, he is on fire. He's the seventh-ranked wide receiver right now. That is uh, – that's – just unbelievable. Uh, keep going. Uh, I think. I mean, I think you're pretty much done with this game, right? I mean, Starks is an RB two sort of flex play, just because you like his, you know, ability to catch the ball. You know, he's the main rusher in that offense. Uh, in the red zone, if they ever get close enough, they might give him a carry, or hey, he might get vultured by Aaron Rakowski. It's a tough call, but I still think you know Starks is the running back you want to own there. Just because he could do everything, we we saw sort of Ty Montgomery, you know, fall back sort of in the pecking order to where he's now like RB4. Like he's not RB2 anymore, he's RB4 and wide receiver 4. So he's a guy who's fallen off and can be dropped in leagues unless something happens uh, later down the stretch. But yeah, he's a guy who's definitely droppable right now. Cool. Well, before we get to the next matchups, thank you for your patience, but uh, please listen to this. A little word from our sponsors. All right, the Eagles at the Bengals. This is uh, this is an interesting one. Maybe not, but um, let's start with the Eagles coming off of last night's uh, kind of uneventful loss. Um as you said earlier in the show, it does seem like Wentz has, uh, you know, he, he, he puts up some serious duds, um, does not have much weaponry. I read on, uh, you retweeted someone saying today on, on Twitter that um, Ertz has zero broken tackles on the season. 
That is unbelievable. Um, how many? I don't know. I forget how many catches or whatnot he had, but. Uh, Basically, the guy, 12 weeks into the season, I know he started off real banged up, but the guy has not broken a tackle. That's not a good time for a tight end. Um, it's just not looking good there. They need some more weaponry. When Sproul, old man Sproles <clears throat> is by far the most dynamic player on offense, everyone else is banged up or out. They basically made a, a statement in last night's game and, and gave a healthy scratch to um, Butterfingers, Brickhands, Aguilar, said that he needed a little time to figure some shite out. Uh, overall, the way that that team started, what, 4-0, and and then where they're at right now, it's, 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 it's pretty troublesome. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Philadelphia, this looks like a good matchup for them. Uh, you just don't know who exactly to play. Uh, Doriel Green Beckham was the guy who sort of went in, stepped up in the stead of Jordan Matthews, who left the game uh, with his injury. We'll see what comes of his injury, that sort of ankle, lower body injury later in the week. Uh, But, yeah, this is going to be a game where if Jordan Matthews can get back, it should be good times rolling. But if not, Doriel Green Beckham, we saw all those slant routes and the quick getting the ball out of his hands to him. And we saw him use his body to shield away defenders. That was probably by far the best game of Dorio Greenbeckham's career as a whole. It might not have been his most impactful game or best fantasy scoring game, but but it's there. Ertz, there's not much to say for Ertz. He's just a catch-and-go-down guy, but if you want a 5-for-50, there, there's Zach Ertz. Uh, you could do worse at tight end, but you know potentially you could do better. He doesn't have a great you know touchdown pedigree so far in his career. It's just I'm gonna stop believing in that guy until I can see him put it together for a few games in a row, and not like weeks 15, 16, and 17 at the end of the season because he always seems to own those. Let's hit yep. up the running backs, Wendell Smallwood. You know, he was the lead starter in that game, but they fell behind, and once you fall behind, it's going to be Darren Sproles. Sproles. Sproles was the dynamic player, the guy who was catching balls out of the backfield. But I think they're both sort of RB3s or flex plays any given week, especially with Ryan Matthews expected to potentially miss again this week. But if Matthews is back, then maybe that changes it up a little bit. You know, knocks Lendell Smallwood back down uh, the pecking order, and then it's maybe Ryan Matthews and Sproles. Maybe maybe Matthews is an RB2, but probably still more of a flex-type player. But there's not anybody I'm, like, dying to start on this team. Like, ooh, this guy's a – I got to start this guy this week. <laughs> yeah, I really got nothing to say about the Eagles. To me, they're, they're just a really uh, a bland team that's – Kind of brutal right now. They need they need an off season and they need to uh, coop up some health, get some talent going, and uh, give uh, give Wentz a little more time to um, become a uh, earn his stripes, and become a better pro. Uh, let's move on to the other side and go to the Bengals. We got uh, Dalton looking absolutely. Uh, he's regressing, um, that's for sure. And I don't know. It doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. A.J. Green, as a result, I think A.J. Green's probably going to be put on the shelf for the rest of the season. I'm not sure about that. Really? They said it looks like he's going to be out this week for sure, but Marvin Jones just isn't going to – he's just not – He needs his job. doesn't happen without A.J. Green. 
He's not going to be, he's not going to come out and say, hey, you know, he's done because they need wins to save this guy's job. He's not going to just say, put him on the shelf. Plus, I think there's also a little bit of, you know, A.J. Green wants to get his fifth straight thousand yard season and join the history books with Randy Moss. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I definitely think there there might be a game where he gets a catch or two just to sort of break that record. But right now, if you're an A.J. Green owner, you can't drop him, uh, you know, because it could potentially affect the playoff race in your league in giant ways. Like, say if you're the last place team and you're still playing to stay out of the toilet bowl and you drop A.J. Green and he comes back in week 14, you know, shows he's healthy enough, everybody in your league is going to shun you. <laughs> and yeah. like, dude, you're fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be the guy at the, at the, at the poker table that's, that, uh, or the blackjack table that just keeps hitting on when, you, when you don't want it and fucks up the hand for the rest of the table. Yeah. So saved A.J. Green potentially. Um, Tyler Boyd. He sort of stepped up. He had some nice catches. We've seen the targets the last two weeks. You know, definitely increased without A.J. Green. We saw Brandon LaFell, you know, get some red zone targets and sort of drop the ball on occasion and do Brandon LaFell things. <laughs> but Tyler Eifert came out and scored against the Ravens, which is one of the toughest uh, opposing matchups in the entire league So uh, for tight ends. So I'm playing Tyler Eifert even though Philadelphia is tough against tight ends. I mean, on, I, I think on, I'd rather play Kelsey. On those, there were so many plays that obviously, I mean, I, there's never been a game where our quarterbacks had more uh, batted down passes. That you, uh, you saw Dalton. Oh. I mean, it was, it was like every time he threw the ball, it was batted down. It was, it was a joke. All, like it's, it felt like all those plays were going to were going to Eifert, and it was just like, come on, come on. As an Eifert owner and someone that loves Eifert and been uh, promoting him on our show and in uh, our site for ages, oh god, that was just so painful. Get it, get him the ball. Oh, batted down, batted yeah. down. So hopefully he figures that out. And if so, the the target and, and potentially you know the, the reception uh, increases a lot for Eifert. But that was brutal. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like they knew that there wasn't a real deep threat out there, somebody to take the top off the defense. So they knew they wouldn't be able to get a giant pass rush on. So like, oh, he's going to take a three-step drop and chuck it over the middle to Tyler Eifert? Hands up. Like, And that could be something that Philadelphia does a lot uh, in this matchup to limit him. So I don't really want to play Dolphin against or Dalton against this defense. Uh, this is another, I mean, Jeremy Hill... Jeremy Hill's a guy who caught a lot of passes last week. wasn't very effective with his rushes, but we saw his we saw those numbers just be there in terms of attempts. And when guys get attempts like that, there's a chance for him to break one. So if I'm looking for an RB two right now, Jeremy Hill is one of the guys I'm definitely targeting. Yeah, the Eagles are you know eighth uh, eighth their better team against running backs and allowing points. So. He, he, he does look pretty, and obviously we know that Gio, Giovanni Bernard is out. So, uh, good call there. Uh, anything else to say there? There, let's let's move on. No, let's uh, let's talk about draft. 
Okay. We already know you love playing fantasy, so so we know you'll love playing fantasy on Draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts, just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season-long league. You can do drafts whenever you want. They can last for just one day, and they take only minutes to complete. On Draft, you can play for free, or better yet, play for money. And get this. Your chances of winning on Draft are over 200% better than your chances of winning on DraftKings or FanDuel. We've been doing drafts all week. You know, Houdini's even doing it over there in New Jersey. We just did one right before the show. He was sort of texting us about it. And I couldn't pass up David Johnson in the first round. That That's just my guy. He's got such a safe floor. So, you know, how about joining us for Draft? When you download Draft, be sure to enter the promo code PYRO. To download, just search Draft in the App Store, and it will come up first or go to PlayDraft.com. Remember to enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O, when you download so you can get your 100% deposit bonus. Make sure you download Draft now, and we'll see you in there. Nice. You're natural, Stag Party. Let's get to the next matchup, and that's the Dolphins are going to be playing against the Ravens. And we'll start with the visiting team. Tannehill coming off his uh, highest-scoring outing fantasy-wise of the season against San Francisco. That seems to happen. Um, Threw nice three TDs and uh, had a good game. And obviously the trajectory for him is, is, is is looking pretty good. It's looking like Gase is coaching him up and turning Tannehill into something that, uh, well, maybe at the beginning of the season we thought that the, the, the hourglass was ticking on his career as being a starting quarterback. I feel like uh, Gase and, and the Dolphins feel like they, they can ride with Tannehill. What are your thoughts on what he can do uh, against this Ravens defense? Uh, the thing is, he's going to have to do it against the Ravens defense because they, they're very good against opposing running backs. They stop run games. They choke out running backs. And then, so if you choke out J.H.I., that means they're going to have to go to an aerial assault, leaving it on the shoulders of Ryan Tannehill. But when he's asked to carry the load and he doesn't have you know a run game to support him and play action to sort of play off of it, that's when he really struggles. So I, I don't really, he's sort of a mid-tier QB2 for me. I don't love him, you know, especially this week. <sighs> well, let's look at it a year ago. They played against Baltimore in week 13 of 2015 season. He had 86 passing yards. He had a TD in that game, but he finished the game with 8.5 points. Uh, you know, obviously you can turn that around, but that was a real barn burner. Yeah. Baltimore beat them 15-13 to 13 last year. So if you're going by previous outings, uh, it looks like the Baltimore might have his number a bit. The thing is, I think that was also a primetime game. And remember, Baltimore was a lot worse on defense last year than they are this year. They are so much better this year. They got Terrell Suggs back out there playing with torn biceps. Being a goddamn madman. That dude is insane. Um, so, yeah. I don't really want to start Tannehill, but you know, he talks about all these other guys I don't want to start. Eventually, we've got to get to a guy I want to start. But Tannehill's just not going to be one of them. I mean, uh, I, I do think it's going to be a game they're going to have to win 
throughout the past game. The question is, can they get their offensive line back together? It looks like Brandon Albert could play this week, and also Laramie Tunsil could play this week. So that gives them two of their three starting offensive linemen back, but it looks like Mike Pouncey's still a couple weeks a week away from playing. That so that they're not going to have their complete offensive line, but it's going to be a little bit closer, uh, which could mean some better things for Jai, who you know struggled because. You know, his offensive line was so depleted. Uh, these are their absolute studs on the left side that are missing. Um, Let's we'll talk about running backs. Let's talk about the wide. Talk about the rest of the guys who you like. Uh, I'll, I'll just kind of give you give you the mic. Go nuts! I know this is a tough matchup. Uh, who do you like? Who don't you um, for the Dolphins? I mean, I think this could be a game where Jarvis Landry gets back on track a little bit, where they use that sort of short passing game uh, and quick dump-offs to Jarvis Landry to their advantage. But I also think Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills have just been getting open consistently on the outside. And if you know Jimmy Smith, their best cornerback, is to miss again, and he's been missing now for a few weeks, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of room in the passing game for the wide receivers the question is, can the offensive line keep Ryan Tannehill upright enough and give him enough time to hit these guys? But I, I think each has their own merits if he's able to, you know, sort of stay upright. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game to watch just because I believe J.J. is going to be, you know, shut down. I really don't want to play him this week. But we've seen over the last few weeks where he could score short touchdowns. Uh, and sort of save his fantasy day. So I can't completely say go out there and sit J.J. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's going to be more of a pass aerial attack for Miami. Let's just hope he doesn't repeat this performance uh, from last year because it was like a primetime game when everybody was streaming him, and it crapped the bed. Well, Parker, uh, basically in that 49er game, he, he, he was – Two real close plays where he would have had a huge game and been one of the top top guys at the position. Uh, I think he had two touchdowns maybe called back, but he definitely had some play. He maybe was one in a big play, but uh, some sideline, he making some great plays, but they were just a smidgen away from make, coming to fruition. Uh, so he's coming into his own a bit. Uh, but at the same time, right now he's sitting at the 51st ranked wide receiver, so you can't really rely on him at a, a, just a clip over six and a half points a game fantasy wise. The thing is, he's just been so hot. He only had one touchdown called back, but he had another like 40-plus yard catch called back, and they were both so close. Like, and beautiful it, plays. Both beautiful plays on his part. Both beautiful plays, tough plays that you know he wasn't making earlier in the season. But, yeah, Parker's just been you know tearing it up here as of late, and over the last sort of five weeks has been a much better play than that 51st sort of slot we're talking about. I agree. Um, I also like his body. For next year, I like him. Um, he came in a, a banged-up, real slender guy. You look at him now, dude, he's ripped. You can tell. He's been in the locker room. He's figuring it out. He's putting that bulk on. He's figure, he, he realizes that he he's not going to be, be able to have that 6'3", you know, 195-pound frame and get it done at the NFL level. So I like what I see on, 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 on the body growth uh, in his second year, and I think he can carry that in his third year. Just putting that out there is uh, – it looks like he's putting in the work. It's just not really um, – it's not, just not really coming through on the 
fantasy side of things. Well, the thing is, the coaches sent a clear point to him that, hey, man, you got to take this seriously. This is your profession. You can't be out here eating cereal all the damn time. You can't be eating junk food and expect to, you know, get better and be one of the top receivers at your position. So, you know, over the last three weeks, he's wide receiver 16. He's been one of the better guys at his position. He's taking better care of his body. He's doing all the little things, having better hydration. So we'll see if that pays off. Uh, he's. An, I think all three receivers are interesting sort of flex plays for you this week. And we've definitely seen Jarvis Landry sort of fall off. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, funny thing they say about eating cereal and all that stuff. But Kobe Bryant back... Back in the day when he was, he actually, he was doing this when he won his first three-peat. But Kobe Bryant, uh, and the, hey, a little NBA reference, he used to eat every meal with McDonald's. And then when, he, when, they, when they shipped off Shaq and he signed his big deal, uh, basically he hired a chef with that one, changed it around, always had the work ethic, but he literally used to eat every, they said, honestly, every meal used to be McDonald's. He brought a haircut, he had like a, a barber that he brought everywhere around, and that, that barber's job was to cut his hair every day, shave his face, and to go get a McDonald's. Is that crazy? Uh, Let's right. talk about McDonald's in Baltimore. Yes, uh, not a good segue. Not, not a good no, it's fine. It's, it tastes stuff tastes great out there. Here, the fillet of fish is it's just a little bit better because you're closer to the water. <laughs> Doubt it. Doubt uh, it. Uh, so Baltimore, you know, Steve Smith didn't have a great game last week. It was Brashad Perriman as the wide receiver. Uh, sort of there to show up last week. Mike Wallace was sort of underwhelming as well, but made, you know, a couple big catches like Mike Wallace always seems to do. But those guys are sort of wide receiver threes on a given week. Uh, Brashad Perriman starting to come into his own, made a great catch for his sort of end zone touchdown there. So he's starting to come on, and if that guy could ever put it together with the arm of Joe Flacco, it could it could be great things. But you know, consistency has been a problem for him, but these receivers against Miami should be able to, you know, pretty much do whatever they want. Uh, Miami has proven to be a better defense here recently, but they're still not great. They're middle of the pack, uh, and they're sort of middle of the pack across the board, so you're not really scared of them. Um, then you look at the run game. You're a little bit worried in the run game. They are uh, the 11th-ranked fantasy defense against opposing running backs. And with both of these guys sort of splitting carries, splitting work, splitting snaps, and now it's getting closer to 50-50 with Terrence West getting a lot of the goal line work and then you know Dixon being the complement in the pass game to where they're both you know wide receiver or running back three flex plays at best uh until somebody really separates themselves there it's going to be tough to play either one on a given week but west is probably the better bet for a touchdown in a given week and if you're in ppr leagues you know you could probably give the booth to a kenneth dixon dennis pitta still hasn't scored <laughs> um yeah i don't think he scored since what week 13 of 2014 uh, in PPR leagues, you can play him, but you know, in standard, I've got to look elsewhere. I, he just doesn't have the upside I'm looking for in a tight end. Um, Joe Flacco, yeah, he, he's probably going to do Joe Flacco things. 
you know, borderline not good, but not awful. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, before we get on to the uh, before we get on to that next game um, and the next matchup, this is a good time for us to keep these lights on and um, listen to this, fans and folks and friends and pyros. All right, in the last game of the afternoon slate, and it's too bad that Houdini won't be here because he would be excited to know that there are four afternoon games uh, this Sunday. But we've got the 49ers are going to be in town at Chicago, and um, I was planning on uh, going to the game, but we've got an int- we got a uh, an all hands on deck pyro business meeting. Uh, I was actually even thinking about picking up the tickets are so cheap. I was actually going to pick us up some tickets and surprise everyone uh, when they came over and go to the game. But we wouldn't have gotten much business done, and I don't know. Mo's driving in from Grand Rapids; he might have been frustrated. So we're going to watch some football and we're going to talk some pyro business. We got the mainstay up. Uh, Partners and the, the core group coming in there, figuring out, talking some of the uh, the things that we got to do for uh, the closeout of 2016. A little kind of uh, you know review and and talk through some of the things we want to do uh, heading into the off season, all that good stuff. Remember. We, we forget sometimes, but this is a business, and that is the reason why you're hearing some of these ads. That is the reason why we're doing some of these live reads. That is the reason uh, we, 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 we love this as a hobby. We love waking up and doing this. We love giving you guys the goo and the knowledge. But at the end of the day, uh, it comes with a lot of costs, a lot of hours spent, and uh, you know we're just trying to really step up our game um, on all levels, and that's uh, to treat this as much like a business as possible. So wish us luck on Sunday while together having some Val Verdes talking through the Pyromaniac.com current and future, and uh, we're excited to have Moen. We've only really been face to face with with him a few times, um, and one of the future Pyro promos. The next Pyro promo I do will uh, will cover some of the stuff that he's been doing. Uh, so 49ers, my squad against the. Bears, my other squad. Uh, I should be going to this game, but it'll be nice to be on my couch. Let's start with the Niners. Kaepernick. How the hell was he? Must have just been not really been not healthy and not ready to go at the beginning of the season because now you just see him doing those Kaepernick things from three, four years ago and uh, just fantasy viable. And going up against the Chicago Bears, there's no reason to think that that guy's not going to keep running, keep winging the ball, and keep being uh, one of those top quarterbacks. Uh, It's a matchup uh, dream come true. Uh, Do you think, uh, starting with Colin, uh, that he's going to keep this uh, hot streak running? Yeah, against the Bears, who have no (laughs) secondary who can stop opposing run games, which means tough things for Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I like Colin Kaepernick a lot this week. I mean, over the last five weeks, he's only played in four football games, but is the number six passer. Uh, He's averaging nearly 25 fantasy points a game. He's going to rush it, like, for 70 yards. But he has 100-yard rushing upside. Like, he's doing everything you want from a fantasy passer, and their team is so bad that he is going to continue to pile up garbage time stats. Like, but he's doing it also efficiently to where he's not throwing touchdowns, he's not fumbling the... or he's not throwing interceptions, excuse me, and, he, and he's not giving away the football... So you can't really blame these losses on him. It's all on their defense, man. And 
The oh, players have been making some bum. Uh, you know, I saw Ter- uh, Tory Holt, uh, not Holt, Tory Holt, Tory Smith dropped a touchdown on him uh, the, the last week, and he's, he's had some. I mean, that happens to every quarterback, but there have been some missed opportunities, even with those gaudy stats you're already mentioning. He just, he just, it came perfectly for him. He came back to earth. He was a cocky mofo, and obviously his off-field and uh, quasi-political stances that are kind of starting to drive me nuts uh, are a little annoying. But he 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 just kind of came back to earth and realized, holy shit, I'm not uh, the, the 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 stud that I thought I was, and was ready. That being on the sideline and not getting all this stuff done has been the best thing ever because now. This mofo is just getting it done and realizing I got I have to put this team on my shoulder. I got crap. You know, you got Chip Kelly saying, "Hey, we're always going to run this Drew Hyde." Like you said, the Bears are pretty good against the running game. Um, Collins going to keep winging it. It's going to be uh, you know matchup uh, uh, matchups say say a lot of stuff, but he's just getting it done, and I like I like uh, I like what he's doing. Uh, and I wish him the best. And for people that literally still available, uh, or at least he was a week ago, in a ton of leagues, we we put him on our uh, pickups piece. I think since I think he's been on Houdini's pickup piece uh, every week since he's come back and become the starter. I mean, you just gotta play the guy every single week since that bye week. He's been a top twelve quarterback option. So he, you play him and you're happy about it, and that's pretty much it. And you look down the stretch for a Colin Kaepernick, and you want to see what his schedule's like. Uh, you know, it, it might not matter just because of garbage time and everything along those lines, but it, it's not. It's it's not awful. I mean, he's going to see see Atlanta there in the fantasy playoffs, and he's going to see the Jets, who can be passed on, and you know he's going to see these Bears this week, like. You could play the man and feel pretty good about it. Um, His ability to run, yeah. That's enough on Colin Kaepernick. Let's let's talk about sort of Carlos Hyde. I don't love him this week, but he just seems to score. He's the centerpiece of that offense. He's hard to sit on a given week. But against the Bears, he's more of an RB2. Um, And this is a game where I think Sean Drawn could get a lot of work as they need to pass the football. Uh, so maybe it limits his upside a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's, he's a tough guy to sit on any given weekly basis just because of his ability to sort of, you know, score touchdowns. Even if it's late, they like to go to him in the red zone. Cool. Well, should we go on to the uh, – Vance McDonald, he's kind of a, a hit-or-miss guy, but he's, he's – um... Better than a lot of tight ends out there. Do you think he can do anything in this matchup? Uh, the Bears are going to be without their top two coverage linebackers in Jarrell Freeman and Danny Trevathan, who was just placed on IR with the ruptured Patel attendant. So, yeah, I think you know going up against a rookie uh, sort of linebacker and Nick Kwiatkowski, he, he could be able to get some openings. Uh, he's been by far their most effective pass catcher. Uh, in terms of average yards gain, in terms of sort of you know adjusted yards per attempt, all those sort of metrics you look at. So yeah, yeah. I like Vance. Uh, 
you look at him from the beginning of the season, he was getting the two 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 targets. He started out with three, and then over the last uh, you know five weeks, basically he's, he's out of those four out of those five weeks, he's gotten six, and then in that Miami game, he had eight targets. So looking good. He's had t- two touchdowns in the last four games. I agree, two double digit points uh, in two out of those four games. So. We yep. shall see, but not if, if you don't have a better option at, at tight end, uh, especially in this Bears matchup, could be a good way to go. Let's head over to the Bears side of the ball. Oh, my God. Cutler can't get 300-yard games, but Hoyer and Matt Barkley can. Um, this is exciting, to be honest. I played a defense. I, I picked up the Titans and played them against the Bears. Looked like a genius through the first half. Then I said that to myself, like any douchebag that's having a good moment. Like, yes, such a great move. Good job. Awesome. And then Barkley proceeded to light it up in the second half. Yeah. I mean... The Bears, they went pretty much abandoned the run game because they were down by three touchdowns. Uh, They only ran it 22 times in that game, threw it 54 times. Uh, So if and and you looked at it like, how did they abandon the run game again? Jordan Howard is rolling. Like, just stop, stop doing this to me. I don't get it. Um, it's quite frustrating. Uh, so, but Jordan Howard is a guy you should be starting over the last five weeks, played in just four games, but again, is a top 12 option ahead of guys like Devonta Freeman going up against the worst run defense in the league in the 49ers. Absolutely play Jordan Howard this week. He's going to be owned, you know, highly, highly on a lot of DFS sites. So play him, play him, play him. Uh, Let's talk about the wide receivers uh, in mentioning how Barkley came back and had that great second half. That came uh, along with just an endless amount of drops, including the game-tying game uh, touchdown uh, that Bellamy dropped. I would if I was if I was a coach, I would have cut him right at that very given moment, Uh, and then they ended up losing it. But tons of drops, endless drops. Ten. 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 Most drops ever recorded in a game by Pro Football Focus. Oh, my God. And they've been around since, like, 2006 or 2004. Sorry, boys, I can't remember exactly which number it is. My bad. Um, But, yeah, the the most drops, you know, since at least the mid-2000s, that's ridiculous. Bellamy dropped the easiest route possible. You run three yards up the field, you get into the end zone, you stop, you turn around, you look to the quarterback, the quarterback hits you in the hands, and you drop it. And the guy that was guarding you slipped behind you. Yeah, and he you've got a four-yard cushion to where you know you're not going to be smacked right away. Um, awful. But then Deontay Thompson on the, the fourth down play, you know, Barkley drops a dime to where only he can catch it, puts it in his lap, and he drops that one too. But yeah, if they weren't dropping the ball, I can only imagine what Barkley's numbers will look like. But I still don't think it's going to be something that he's going to be able to repeat a lot here down the stretch this season. Um, He's still not a very good NFL quarterback. He doesn't have an NFL arm. We'll see. He could turn into like an Alex Smith type player, though. He's not as athletic. But he could be a game manager, check down Charlie type of, you know, quarterback. We'll see how that develops. But 
this is a guy who was a former number one overall pick potentially and then fell to the fourth round in the draft after, you know, going back to USC to, you know, try and win a national championship. But we'll see how that shakes out. Marquise Wilson is the guy who came back off the pup two weeks ago but had an absolute bananas game sort of out of nowhere, putting up 125 yards and a touchdown. And if he didn't drop some of those passes that we're talking about, those 10 passes, he's closer to like 180 yards. It would have been a huge fantasy game. And this is a guy who had all the college pedigree early until sort of getting kicked off that program and becoming a seventh-round pick. So we'll see if he's able to develop because – Cam Meredith, you know, he's he's a guy, but he's probably more of a fourth receiver on an NFL roster. He's never going to be the man, and thinking he's going to be the man is bad. We saw a converted, you know, wide receiver in Daniel Brown catch the tight end touchdown this week. We'll see if he's able to remain involved. They had just picked him up uh, here a couple weeks ago. We'll see if that's something that's able to continue, or if maybe it'll be the guy from Harvard, uh, Ben Brunacker, uh, or a veteran like Logan Paulson. But counting on any of the Bears outside of Jordan Howard for your fantasy teams seems like putting you know, money in the wrong basket. There you go. Uh, before we get to the next matchup, I'll give a real quick pyro promo. We got some, um, you know, I mentioned Mo coming into town on Sunday. Uh, he does the pyro podcast light. Make sure that you're checking that out. This is the heavy. This is the one we've been doing for ages. But Mo, I think, is on his 54th episode of the light. He usually brings on uh, in season this year. He's been bringing on an expert uh, from another part of the podcast, Net- Fantasy Football Podcast Network, one in which Mo kind of has started and there's a lot of fantasy football podcasts out there and he brings on a bunch of these guys into the mix in the offseason he's uh, interviewing and doing fantasy football talks with a lot of these people great show it's um he does an excellent job with that talks a lot of dfs talks a lot of streaming talks a lot of vegas talks a lot of um you know just uh, he's a very he's a very astute guy like stags who follows and and is very studious on fantasy football so the light kind of brings out those elements and brings out some of our um you know our colleagues within the the podcasting and fantasy football industry which is great he's had people like uh charchi and on it barry Hernan- tj hernandez he has two Tuvian uh, uh, plenty of times. He's had, you know, many of these guys. Uh, Paulson's been on the show with them. So check it out. It's great. Uh, Houdini's doing Bitch Slap Volume 3 uh, this week. That should be up on the site. I figure by the weekend. If it goes into next week, it's great. That's kind of a bitch slap, uh, a bust. Who are the guys that have been, that you drafted high, that you had high hopes for, that have been, uh, you know, duking down your throat and uh, it's a funny funny piece uh, we're also going to be doing I don't know when this is going to go up but it looks like we've already gotten some feedback and some um, content on it so far but we're going to do a little pyro collective for getting prepared for the fantasy football playoffs just some little uh, anecdotes and some notes and some some bullets and, and thought starters on what you can do now between now and the start of your playoffs and the ne- over the next couple weeks to really get yourself and position your team to be in the best spot possible to really make a run through those last two or three games, bring home the trophy, uh, important late season strategy. So that's the pyro uh, promo there, some of the content that you're going to be seeing on the site over the next uh, 
five to seven days. All right, let's get on to the Bills at the Raiders. Um, start with the Bills. Samuel Watkins back. Uh, actually had 80 yards. Didn't play many, but it looks like after he was able to come out of that unscathed, you got to think that uh, he's going to be moving up and get a you know get more opportunities and snaps. And um, let's start with him, I suppose. And there's a lot of fantasy goodness in this game. Yeah, Sammy Watkins played like 40% of the snaps. Uh, we're probably more likely to see that rise to 50, you know, maybe 60% here this week. And against the Oakland Raiders, who are a little bit beat up at the cornerback position and early in the season got exploited by a lot of wide receivers, he should be in line for a nice fantasy day. I think you could definitely start him as a wide receiver three type flex play with some upside. I mean, the guy just oozes upside. If he could get back to sort of his early or late season ways from last year. He's going to be a great pickup for you if you held on to him or if you picked him up off the waiver wire here in the last couple weeks. Um, Moving on to, you know, LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy had another huge game, uh, scoring a couple different times. Uh, We saw that sort of breakaway speed that he has and those sort of shifty moves that only he possesses. He's just one of the funnest guys in the league to watch. And when he's healthy, he just needs to be in your lineup, Uh, especially against the Oakland Raiders, who, you know, have been known to give it up to opposing running backs. Uh, Those are two guys I'm looking forward to playing this weekend. I'm not looking forward to playing a Charles Clay. Charles Clay is trashier than trash. Um... Tyrod Taylor, finally, to wrap up the Buffalo Bills. You know, Tyrod Taylor, now with Sammy Watkins back in the fold, uh, you know, with LaShawn McCoy looking fully healthy and just run like out of his mind. Tyrod Taylor also adding his own ability to run it is a weekly fantasy sort of uh, back-end QB1. And we've seen Sammy Watkins elevate his game enough to make him a viable fantasy player down the stretch. Uh, And the way his schedule sort of lines up for the rest of the season is pretty good if you're looking for a guy who might be on the waiver wire to play for you. Uh, So that's it for the Bills. Let's talk Oakland Raiders, and let's talk Derek Carr, who David Carr says has two dislocations on his pinky. What do you think about that? Well, you know, as I show you over Skype right here, my finger, my dud finger that I had in my flag football game, um, it never it never really curved back, but I remember the game vividly, and I remember what happened going for a flag, and basically my finger was a Z, where the bone to the middle was there, and then it comes back, and I was looking, at him like, holy shit, and then all of a sudden you freak out, and you realize you got to pull it back in, and I guess... He said it was the worst pain he's ever felt in his life. It was one of the worst, but I have felt worse. But I, I think I was lucky because I only had one um, dislocation. I was able to snap it right back in. It's never healed. It's a totally fucked finger. I'm giving you the peace sign now. We've done that before. But the, the way that these guys rehab, his fingers will be fine. But to have two dislocations, I can't imagine. That means you basically got to lock one in while the other one's still dislocate. I mean, that's just fucked. That's, you've only got, you got what? You've only got three things there. So all of them are basically, it's like one of the, remember that Rubik, you're not going to remember this because you're too young, but the Rubik's links, 
There was the Rubik's Cube, and then they had the links. It's basically like the thing's just a dud, or the Rubik's Snake. It's like the snake dangling around before you get it done. I can't imagine what was going on, but um, in, in, in an apropos, a graphic that we posted on Twitter last week um, was the, uh, the, the Derek Carr with the glove on, and the, and the Star Wars Luke dark side before that even happened, and then he comes out and he's got the black glove on, and Andrew Siciliano even said himself, He's like, one step closer to the dark side. And you got him in the black unis. So um, Derek Carr, obviously just a, a fantasy beast right now. That team's as hot as it gets. To be able to pull out a, a victory like that kind of came out. The game was over in, the, in, in everyone's mind in the fir- after the end of the first quarter. Then basically... You know, whatever. I, I won't go too much in the back. But Cam Newton basically made five plays the whole game. Then they're they're winning, and for to show that moxie and have the Raiders come back and be able to pull out that victory just shows how far that franchise has come. And uh, it's it's going nowhere went up. Uh, so Carr, quickly, I'll let you talk about um, what you think he'll do in this matchup, and then I can go and discuss a little bit about the wide receivers. I mean, Carr against Buffalo. It's not like Buffalo's a, a world beater. They're top ten in fantasy points against, uh, so so they're a little bit tougher than average. But you know they're they're not world beaters. They can get pressure on occasion, but I'm not too worried about Derek Carr. I'm just worried about his sort of injury. The guy I more want to play in case he's a little bit injured is Latavius Murray. Uh, they the Buffalo Bills give up pretty much seven the 17th most fantasy points to opposing um, running backs. We've seen them be destroyed by running backs this season. Uh, on occasion, we've seen David Johnson score multiple touchdowns against them. We've seen like guys like Carlos Hyde do that. We've seen guys do it, so let's see if Latavius Murray can do it. And he's, what did he do? To score another touchdown last week and like waltzed into the end zone pretty much sideways, sidestep into the end zone. That was a pretty nice play. And we also saw DeAndre Washington get a healthy scratch, uh, making Jalen Richard their third down back change of pace back. And that sort of made him a little bit more fantasy viable down the stretch. They also sprinkled in Taiwan Jones in place of him, and that's a guy they've been praising up for his work ethic and practice here of recently. So we'll see if uh, DeAndre Washington remains a healthy scratch, but yeah, if you had him as your handcuff to a Latavius Murray, drop him, change it to Richard, a guy who is explosive and just making plays in the pass game, in the rush game. And we also saw a little bit of a breakout from Clive Walford. We saw a a great touchdown snag to win the game to Walford in the back of the end zone on a must-have play when you thought it was probably going to a guy like a Crabtree or not not Amari Cooper, my bad, Seth Seth Roberts because it's near the red zone. (laughs) But, yeah, Clive Walford was able to make some nice plays there. They keep throwing it to Rivera a couple times a game. but, yeah, he's just being, like, if I had to vote for my MVP, it's Derek Carr. Like, that guy is, if I had a vote, like, I, I know Matt Ryan and Drew Brees are putting up better fantasy numbers. But leading a team and taking them sort of out of the depths of where they've been and just making this team, you know, a powerhouse in the AFC right now, Derek Carr's my vote. 
Yeah, he's he, he's great. And you know what? He has you can just tell the confidence that he's in soaking control of his game that he's having a good time. So though th- let's go over to Mari Cooper. I, he's he's obviously having those moments and it just seems like this is what you're going to get we're, we're we're sitting here what 12 and last year so you're sitting here 16 16 games you know 12, 30 games into his career um essentially and basically it seems it's it's like a very stagnant up and down he has his big games but his floor is just dud city and when you look at uh, you know the, on sunday he had 2.2 points. Uh, he had an okay game the week before because he had a touchdown, but really that only came on what you like to say, 4 for 57. Um, and then the week before that, he had, he had a dud of a game. So it's really peaks and valleys. And as you come down into the end of uh, end of the season, especially because last year, he, he, had, he ended the season last year in his last two games with three points uh, through 16 and 17. Um, it's got to be a little bit daunting for fantasy owners to know what you can get on that upside but to be so frightful that in week 15 or if you start your playoffs in week 14 or if you're trying to get that last spot or one of those last spots to make the playoffs this week to just know that because there is that Seth Roberts there is all that talent and and the car can spread around and now you got Walford and Rivera getting action and Crabtree's just a stud just what can happen on any given Sunday when you start uh, Amari Cooper? It's it's got to be scary and daunting, and it, it's it's a little bit of a bummer to be honest. He he can light it up, but when he doesn't, it's it's just a real dud. Yeah, the thing is, is you got to play it, man. Cause I know. He has so much upside. I know. Any given week, but there's also games where you can pick out it's like, uh, I should probably sit Amari Cooper here, but you can never actually talk yourself into it. Uh, I didn't think last week <laughs> those games though. But go, going up against Carolina, but we, we've seen Carolina do some good things that we'll probably talk about later uh, at the cornerback position, you know, when healthy. But yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be an Amari Cooper game. Michael Crabtree was the guy again. Uh, I, they're both, you know, top top options at the wide receiver position on a given week. So you got uh, Mac. You're talking about MVPs. This guy is a got to be considered as an MVP from the defensive side. Something that uh, rarely, if ever, happens. Uh, I think what was the the stat that they said the first time since Charles Woodson. I believe, to have a forced fumble, forced fumble recovery, an interception return for a touchdown, a sack, and there's one other thing I'm missing uh, in his stat line. That guy on, um, on on Sunday against Carolina just earned his paycheck. What a what a what a just a uh, just a stud. And you got a, a guy like Irvin who played on the Seahawks. With, uh, it was a part of that uh, you know studly championship team. There is saying how he's blessed to play with a guy like uh, Khalil Mack. Uh, so keep your eye on that team. Raiders. God bless them. They they had a lot of uh, futility there. Um, they weren't even that great when Rice was there and they went to that Super Bowl in 2002. I remember that. I'm a Rice fan and I remember I lived in New York at that time and that was great. But they weren't even that 
awesome leading up to that and that season. So it's been a, it's been a long road for Raider Nation. So I'm proud of them. Hopefully they can pull it through and make a deep run and uh, keep keep going and be one of these great teams uh, poised to um, be a perennials powerhouse for the years to come. Let's um, before we go to this next matchup, let's listen to this. The Giants at the Steelers in the second afternoon game. Uh, let's start with the Giants, the visiting team. This one's got another one of those uh, games that could be a, seems on paper to be quite exciting from a fantasy standpoint. Um, let's see if that actually ends up being the case. Um, but uh, as you say, what we'd like to start out here is that opened up uh, the over/under on that one opened up at at fifty points for the over-under, and now it's sitting at 49, so obviously Vegas thinks there's going to be some points scored there. Yeah, I mean, it's Ben Roethlisberger at home versus Eli Manning, uh, a team that's 8-3 and three that many don't think should be 8-3. and three. They think they're one of the most overrated teams in the league based on their record. Let's see if Pittsburgh can sort of put them in their place. And they sort of match up well. Um, so Pittsburgh... You know, it's pretty good against opposing quarterbacks and opposing wide receivers so far this season, but they give it up to opposing running backs. Uh, Rashad Jennings crapped the bed in an absolute, you know, pristine matchup against the Cleveland Browns last week. Um, and it's sort of unfortunate, but, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, Jennings is a running back three flex play like he is every week, and he should never be rated higher than that just because he can crap the bet at any given time. It's seriously disgusting. <laughs> um, Eli Manning, this could be a game. He seems to step up against his level of competition, and, and they might have played down last week, but now he's got Ben Roethlisberger, you know, that guy. Who, from that same heralded draft class, the guy with the Super Bowl rings, and you know they're sort of battling it out to see who's going to be that generational quarterback, for, you know, from that class because you know Philip Rivers doesn't have any hardware to show for it, but he's got all the numbers. Uh, Roethlisberger's got a ton of numbers now uh, after sort of transforming himself from being you know a game manager earlier in his career. We'll see how this all shakes out, but I, I'm looking. I like this as a good football game. Um, I do think you know Odell's going to Odell, except they they've allowed just five pass or six passing touchdowns to opposing wide receivers on the season. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have so maybe it's a little bit of a tougher game for Odell, uh, but writing him off is nearly impossible. Sterling Shepard. Eli Manning came out and said, hey, hey, man, I'm sorry for not even looking your way. I'm sorry for not getting you a target. And this is a guy who had, like, at least seven targets in his past eight games before that. And that was just one of the most inexplicable things I've ever seen. Just, All he had was a run. He had zero yeah. targets and one rush. I know. <laughs> it was insane how they looked away from him that week, uh, especially in a pristine matchup. But... What are you going to do? It's it's over and done with now. He's also an interesting play. You know, Victor Cruz is, is good for, like, one big play a game. But other than that, you know, not a great play. Will Ty crap the bed in an ultimate pristine matchup himself. Uh, ended up with, you know, nothing. Two for 13. 
awful, awful performance. We'll see if he's able to do it against Pittsburgh. As the Steelers sort of allow eight fantasy points a game above average, uh, two opposing tight ends. But counting on him to be a starter for you is asking a lot. It's sort of touchdown or bust for him until we see his role sort of change. Uh, so to me, it looks like a lot of Odell and maybe Jennings and then maybe some Shepard. Uh, but I, I don't even really want to play Manning, but he's probably a bottom line QB1 who who could potentially rack it up in garbage time. But their defense is also very good. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough team. They they, they they need to they need to pull some some they need to put put the pieces of the puzzle a little bit better there, in my opinion. Um, but Odell, beast beastly. So let's go over to the flip side. Go to the Steelers. Um, you know, I to be honest, I hate saying it, but. They're a three-headed monster. You saw, finally, I think I saw Ladarius Green make a couple plays uh, last week. I don't know what that means moving forward, but, um, you know, you're playing your, your Big Ben. You're playing your, your um, you know, Brown is obviously a, a starter. Um, Bell is getting just as hot, hot as hell, beast beast mode. But what else is there? There's really nothing there that you're getting excited about at all. Eli um, Rogers is is up and down after that absolute explosion game out of um, Sammy Coates. He busted his finger and it's just gone, vanished. He's on the he's disappeared, gone gone Coates. Uh, and there's just nothing else. To, so you play your three studs, and you pretty much sit sit everyone else, correct? Yeah, I agree with you, except the Giants uh, are allowing the second-fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, but it's Big Ben at home. Like, you just don't pass up Big Ben at home. Uh, I, I can't wait to see the shit that is talked between Janoris Jenkins and Antonio Brown. Uh, especially after seeing what he said to Terrell Pryor after, you know, he put up 119 yards against him last week. Uh, hilarious Twitter exchange that we, we happened to retweet. So that, that was something funny that happened on Twitter this week. Uh, but, yeah, start your studs here. Uh, Eli Rogers maybe on the outside just because he plays a lot of slot. Their slot cornerbacks aren't great there for the Giants. So, Maybe he's the one piece that you could consider playing. Ladarius Green, um, also potentially a play just because he might not be a full-time player, but literally when he is in the game, they're not asking him to block. They're sending him out on pass routes, whether it's vertically down the field or you know the short dump also let him use his speed after the catch. So I think those guys are all the guys in play. Other than that, you know, pretty much stay away from Coates until he proves he's otherwise healthy. Cool. Well, uh, let's move on to the next matchup. Before we do, quick pyro promo. Subscribe to our email. Uh, you can find a little icon off of our homepage on pyromaniac.com to the left. Uh, it's a little email, a little mail icon. Subscribe to our email. We actually um, have started uh, this season uh, doing the Pyro Heat Index, which is an email that comes out that kind of just recaps all the content that we've been Heat doing check. on our site. What's that? Heat check. Heat check. Sorry, what did I call it? Pyro Index? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the heat check. Pyro Heat check. Uh, and it's an email newsletter that we're sending out um, 
to all of our audience of people that have signed up for it, and it kind of recaps all of our um, all the content we're putting up on the site on a weekly basis, which is pretty crazy. It's something on a rate on each week we're we're doing about nine to thirteen uh, original pieces of content each week, which is just awesome. Um, so sign up for that. You know, some people like to get that email and, and, and get that push uh, to you, and then you can at the uh, during the weekend while you're sitting back. Uh, I know the last couple weeks I got them out a little later than I than I had hoped to, uh, but that'll change for this week. I'll get it out um, on Saturday. It comes out, so sign up for that, and then you'll get all of our content sent to you via email. You can click to the links and uh, please do that. So let's go on to. Um, an exciting one, I think. Uh, it's the second last game in the afternoon. Quad boxes can happen on the red zone this Sunday, and that's going to be the ever-hot Redskins uh, are at the Cardinals. Yeah, so when we look at this game, it's the Cardinals are still pretty tough on defense. The Redskins are super hot right now on offense. You know, which sort of battle wins we've seen you know, the Arizona offense take major steps back to where it's making that tough to win games. Carson Palmer's turning the ball over, you know, getting sacked, and they're playing on short fields. But they are stopping opposing teams. They are the third-best team in terms of fantasy points against as a total. The fourth against quarterbacks, second against running backs, ninth against wide receivers, first against tight ends. Can I, look at, can I give a quick uh, shout-out? Sorry to interrupt you, but um, some of that the, 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 the place where you're talking about our pyro content, uh, we just posted today the pyro power rankings, which uh, some of the content you're referring to right now and these numbers uh, for the Cardinals is in there in the fantasy points uh, allowed. And then uh, later in the week on Fridays, uh, we post – uh, the positional points against, which is kind of a more minutia, and that's done by at Pyrolytics. So uh, just kind of not trying to do a pyro promo in the middle there, but that pyro power rankings is one of my favorite go-tos in fantasy football, and uh, that comes at the hands of you, Stag Party. So just letting those guys know that the, the, the source and the stats that you're getting, the analytics you're getting right now is available to them. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I mean, and the real thing is, what's the health of Jordan Reed? Because we've seen when Kirk Cousins doesn't have this guy that he struggles. And early in the week, he had just 30% range of motion because he's dealing with labrum issues and he can barely raise his shoulders, you know, past, past the, you know, threshold of breaking. And so he's in a lot of pain right now. We have to keep up with him. Uh, he says he's day by day, but he doesn't know his status for Sunday. We'll see. That's something I have to pay attention to. If you're a uh, Jordan Reed owner, try to handcuff him with Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, when you know called upon to be the number one tight end in this offense, has been very good. So that's a better option than maybe streaming another guy uh, off the waiver wire like a Will Ty uh, if, if you're a Reed owner. So consider that. Um, otherwise, yeah. Deshaun Jackson got over 100 yards again, scored a touchdown. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, even though he's going up against a tough defense, is going to be a tough guy to sit. But he's more of a borderline QB1 than an absolute must-play for me this week. I, I just think Arizona's very good. And if Patrick Peterson's back to health, you know he's going to shut down whoever they decide to put him on. 
Um, and it'll probably be Deshaun Jackson. But I think Jamison Crowder is an interesting player just because he's going to play in the slot. We've, we've seen you know Tyron Mathieu not be as healthy as he would like with his knee and sort of shoulder injuries, you know, sort of all piling up against him this season. But, yeah, Jamison Crowder's, you know, been excellent this season, keeps sort of getting open. Pierre Garçon, consistent 5 for 50. But this is a game, again, where I'm avoiding Rob Kelly if I can. He's more of a RB3. We talk about it, we talked about it, you know, pretty much all, you know, last couple weeks that Rob Kelly has the toughest schedule in fantasy football coming down the stretch here. You don't want anything to do with the Washington Redskins against uh, opposing running backs. You mean against, uh, you know, the Washington Redskins against this, the, these defenses. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's tough. And you saw it firsthand. Kelly coming off his three touchdown, one of the greatest games of the season by a running back. They gave up on him early. They're like, "All right, Kelly's not getting it done. It was it was a good run. We need to shut. We need to put this into other hands." And they and they went into Chris Thompson and they just said, "Cousins, we're we're throwing this thing, and that's the way we're going to do it." And I mean, and that's something that could happen again. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely happen again. To where Chris Thompson definitely has a chance to score more fantasy points than a Rob Kelly. The only thing is, if you're a Rob Kelly owner and you're playing him, you're hoping for a short yardage, LeGarrette Blunt-style touchdown. Yep, yep. Um, interesting. Well, I agree. Let's uh, Hopefully, uh, Reed can, can come around and um, Crowder. Is, is, is What an efficient season that guy's having. And the amount of targets and what he's doing at a fantasy level. He's, a sick, he's ranked 16th. He's ahead of guys like Baldwin, just ahead of Crabtree, ahead of a lot of big-name guys, um, Robinson, whatever. So Crowder coming out of nowhere. Um, not really. He, he Becoming more of that 4-for-40 four guy last year in, in a return special teamer um, to a guy that uh, is a legit fantasy play each week. Um, let's go on to the offense for the Arizona Cardinals. The confidence level seems to be very low <laughs> in general. Um, some big plays that happen. I don't know. You mentioned Palmer. He's making turnovers. He he seems to be kind of a shell of himself. Larry Fitzgerald's getting it done. Um, that is for sure. He's the 12th ranked wide receiver. A ton of targets. Uh, catching everything around him. Probably going to finish. He'll finish the season with another 1,000-yard season. Floyd, you can't trust. Big play on, in the game on, on, on Sunday and he dropped uh, to a first down that was right in his his, his lap. Uh, you got the injured guys that are always injured. They're slight wide receivers. Uh, Brown just came back, but now isn't uh, the other isn't JJ Nelson's out. They're just all over the place. It's just I'm I'm other than David Nelson on that offense. It's pretty David much Johnson. and and did I say David David Johnson? The other than David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, for me, it's just. It's just too too risky. Uh, for my blood, in, in, in this matchup in the Redskins, you can score against. It's fine. I think those are the only two guys you really want to put your uh, put in your starting lineup. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's just Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson as sort of must plays. Uh, Carson Palmer, I mean, he's probably like QB 15. He's middle of the road. That seems about right for him. He might turn it over, but they throw it enough. 
and they throw it to David Johnson, who's dynamic enough to get things open. Larry Fitzgerald playing out of the shot, the slot shouldn't see a lot of Josh Norman. But John Brown left that game, again, with a hamstring injury. So we don't know if he's going to be healthy. You know, all these guys on the outside seem to be beat up. So I don't know who Josh Norman's going to cover or if he's just going to cover a side uh, and how that's going to work out. But I'm not looking forward to any of these other players besides Larry, uh, Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. Yeah, Norman, <clears throat> he's a psycho, dude. <laughs> he's a psycho. I mean, there's a lot of head cases in this league, but there's just watching him and his matchups. I mean, that Dez thing on, on Thanksgiving, he's an instigator, dude. He's the nutty guy that that gets going. He, I don't know. I don't really like him. He's kind of a head case. And then after all that, he's like, oh, everyone's apologizing. And it went from, like, un, unloading the barrel to miss, you know, that's, a, that's on field. He's just... A little bit psycho. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that guy as a player too much. Uh, let's go on to the next matchup. But before we do so, uh, please uh, be patient with us and have a listen, with, listen to this. All right, the Buccaneers at the Chargers. The Buccaneers pulled off a, uh, a sweet, sweet upset against the Seahawks. Uh, we know Mike Evans has moved himself into the number one slot at the wide receiver position. That guy is hot as hell. He is just catap- he's just dominating everyone in targets. Winston drops back and just loves throwing himself some passes to Evans. And Evans is just making all those plays and those and the drops that were happening a year ago are just not happening. He's making these incredible plays. Um, this seems like another one of these fantasy gem games for both sides. Just kind of everyone's going to be throwing up a menagerie of, of, of points, um, you know, to go to back to that covers. Uh, this one is a, it's a forty-seven point five over under, and it's right. It's it, from the open to right now. It's it's going up. So you got to think that uh, everyone's thinking that the weather's going to be good in San Diego, and that there's going to be a lot of fantasy points and a lot of scoring in this one. Yeah, I mean the thing is. You just hope Jameis Winston can keep taking care of the ball. Uh, We've seen him sort of be very efficient, take care of the ball, not throw interceptions, not really give up fumbles here in recent weeks, and that's made him, you know, much more efficient as a fantasy player. And, you know, it could make him even more efficient against San Diego. But San Diego, you know, has been getting it done on defense. We've seen Joey Bosa just eat up players here and get tons of pressure. And I'm not worried about this Tampa Bay offensive line stopping him. So I'm interested to see how that sort of matchup shakes out. Um, and, yeah, I'm playing, like, Mike Evans. I'm playing Cameron Brait. Uh, I think you can make a case to play, uh, you know, Doug Martin is, you know, another running back. Uh, there's just going to be points in this game. I, I like, you know, Doug Martin sort of quite a bit. And he's playing a lot of snaps. He's getting those, uh, you know, dump-offs as well. They're playing the 27th-ranked uh, San Diego team in terms of fantasy points against against running backs. So I'm definitely playing Doug Martin, Mike Evans, Cameron Brait, and Jameis Winston's definitely sort of an option at QB for me this week. If you don't already own him, you know, of course, pick him up for the fantasy playoffs. But also, you could definitely pick him up and play him this week. 
Yeah, I like I like all their options. The question is sort of second wide receiver. Is there anybody you can trust? And I don't think the answer is yes. I mean, sometimes it's going to be Russell Shepard. Sometimes it's going to be Cecil Shorts. And sometimes it's going to be Adam Humphreys. So that that's where it's tough to call. But Mike Evans is just getting so many targets. Cameron Brates maintaining involvement, you know, maintaining red zone involvement. That all that those guys need to be in your lineups this week against San Diego. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, I, under, I almost wonder if they did have a... Uh, I almost feel like for Evans and Evans owners, it's almost like this is just that there's no one else to go to. Brate's having a great season, but you almost don't want to have a complimentary player on the other side drafted or a Vincent Jackson come back healthy because he's just, you can see it when you're watching Winston. When he drops back, dude, he's like, where's the tallest guy? Where's my guy? And he, he, he makes, he just throws it in a triple coverage. You saw it. It almost cost him in that game against Seattle. Let's move over to the um, other side and um, the Chargers. Bolo knows. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're fantasy relevant. They're doing it up. Obviously, let's start with 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 Tyrell Williams. He's a little banged up. His shoulders messed up. Um, are you worried about him? Or if, based on his performance over the the last four to five weeks, as you've called, uh, you just kind of gotta think that it's gonna keep on coming, right? Yeah, the injury concerns me a little bit. It's a labrum injury. That injury is sort of very painful to play through. Uh, we'll see how it affects him. Um, I'm going to knock him down my rankings a little bit uh, be, just because he's like a top five player for me. Um, just the, the matchups are there. The targets are there. But, yeah, they've started to also intersperse, you know, Dontrell Inman, get him a nice load of targets. We'll see if Tampa Bay – tries to take away Antonio Gates again. That's something uh, that they did last week is pretty much took Antonio Gates out of the game, made him go to the wide receivers, and, and it it didn't work. I mean, San Diego got, got the edge. I just think San Diego is going to put up points. This game is going to be a shootout. You can pretty much play, I, I think, Inman's a wide receiver three flex play. Uh, if he's on your waiver wire, he's sort of an interesting pickup. Uh Tyrell, if healthy and active, is a must-play. Travis Benjamin's the guy who's sort of taken a back burner to these two wide receivers, though. Uh, we'll see if maybe he, he can be interspersed for those deep shots. But I also don't think he's fully healthy. I, th- I still think he's got that sprained PCL. And, and they're just not throwing him out there for you know, 80%, 90% of the snaps like they were earlier in the season to where he's more of just a role player in three wide receiver sets when they need him. So, I, But... You know, he's an interesting dart throw in DFS. Uh, Yeah, just, I I like them all. I I like Phillip Rivers a lot at home, you know, going up against Tampa Bay. But if Tampa Bay's defense plays like it did last week, it could be tough for them. But they're traveling across the country from Tampa Bay all the way to San Diego on a long flight, and we know that that typically, once they travel all the way across the country, it, it typically doesn't turn out too well for the team that does that. 
Yeah, and if, if when, you, when you look at Wilson being able to get knocked down by that defensive front of the Buccaneers, like you said, if they bring it in a game like they do, uh, uh, Old Man Rivers is going to be going down a lot easier than what Wilson was. So we'll see. Interesting. I think that one is just like throw them up. You're playing a ton of the guys. Um, should be a menagerie of fantasy points happening there. Uh, before we go to the next game, I want to give a quick pyro promo. Just want to give a high five, a shout out, a hug, a fist bump, uh, a lot of love to um, our new our new brethren, our our, our, late, our latest batch of, of, of pyros that we brought on uh, over the last you know at nine nine months. Uh, some of them are a little bit uh, newer, but we've just got a great new group of guys that are helping out the core with our content uh, here. At Pyromaniac, and just the it, 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 for those of you that have been listening to us and following and checking out the site for ages, and know you can just see it. It just it's just unbelievable the amount of content that I alluded to earlier. And I just want to give a shout out to these guys, Pyrolytics, just unbelievable stuff that he's doing on a weekly basis for us. Very heady analytic stuff. You can follow him on Twitter at Pyrolytics. The Heartbeat, a guy that actually has come on in the last month or so, that's really crushing it for us on the news feeds, helping us out, fill in on some of our content pieces like the weekly matchups. The Heartbeat, good, good man. He's been following our podcast and the Pod uh, Pyro Podcast Light uh, for the last couple of years. So we appreciate everything um, you've been doing, and you're a warm welcome. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we got Kay Mills who's holding down the injury report. Uh, you're the man, dude. Keep that up. Uh, we've On Saturday, we released the uh, FF injury report for each week. Tells you fantasy-relevant guys on offense and defense that you should watch out just so hey, gives you a little update uh, on where these guys stand heading in a day before the game start. Obviously, the Archer has been working hardcore with Stag Party all off-season heading back. That's all. He, he came back in about February or March. Those guys created Created and crafted uh, our uh, algorithm and, um, and our uh, formula for uh, the Pyro Heat Index. The Archer, love you, buddy. Excited to have an off-season uh, with you um, because you do some great content for us during the off-season. Draft strategies. He does uh, IDP tiers. He does his own tiers, uh, and he's a big IDP guy and uh, does a lot of deeper, bigger, kind of heady fantasy leagues. So, Archer, great stuff. Louis Mack, uh, hope everything's going well. He's holding down that weekly matchups. Um, and then... Uh, life came along and he had to get himself a, a, a job that kind of pulled him away from things so right now he's focusing on that but Louis Mack uh, an amazing help an amazing assistance this season for us so we appreciate it I just want to give a call out to you guys that all your hard work and effort is going heavily noticed by me by Staggs by Houdini by Mo and by OC and by the rest of the uh, the rest of the crew and, and we really appreciate what you're doing and our, our fans and our pyros are noticing it too. So keep it up. Well, we understand that you could be sitting there watching Dancing with the Stars, Calvin Johnson, and instead uh, you're doing research and content and charts and all that great stuff for Pyromaniac. So hats off to you. Uh, we love you. All right. Panthers at Seahawks. Football night in America. Uh, let's start with the Panthers. Uh, like I said, Cam Newton, it seemed like he had like four or five plays in that game uh, last week. Can he do more against a, a, a better team in the Seahawks? It, 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 who, who's to say? What are your thoughts on the, uh, on the Panthers' side of the ball against uh, the Seahawks' D? Thing is, Cam Newton has, 
you know, been doing things for fantasy this year. Uh, it just hasn't translated to on the field. We've, we've seen his completion percentage sort of fall. We sort of knew that was going to happen. We knew he wasn't going to have 45 total touchdowns again. We've seen that happen. But he's still putting up pretty good fantasy numbers. But it's just not as consistent uh, up and down on a weekly basis. But he's averaging, you know, 18.5 fantasy points per game. Uh you know, the rushing touchdowns are still there for him to where he has five of those on the year. We'll see if he can just sort of put it together down the stretch. But the encouraging thing was to see was, you know, Ted Ginn get involved and Ted Ginn get the deep ball. Uh, and, and that sort of added another dimension to their offense last year. And we haven't seen much from it this year. But now it looks to be a little bit back. Um, if, if they can continue to do that, their offense could be better. But we've seen Cam Newton struggle against Seattle before uh, in the divisional playoffs last year. It had just 10.7 fantasy points. Uh, earlier in the season, had 19.8 fantasy points in Week 6 last year. So you're just expecting a middle-of-the-road sort of game from Cam Newton. I don't think you're expecting the world. Uh, they know how to get after it, and when they are at home, they can We'll just see if they can get a little bit healthier. Uh, Earl Thomas missed the first game of his career, and we definitely saw that you know have some effect because that is one of the rangiest free safeties in the league. Uh, also, their second corner, uh, Sheed, missed the second missed a game. So if if they can get you know their secondary back together, it's going to be tougher for the Carolina Panthers to keep it going. Uh, and this is another game where Carolina has to fly all the way from Carolina to Seattle. But at least they have that late, late kickoff to where they should be ready. Uh, at least one one should hope so. Yeah, Running back, Jonathan. Go for it. Yeah. Running back, Jonathan Stewart. Stewart's a guy who always seems to do well against Seattle. He, he seems to score, you know, a touchdown or two every time they play. So, you know, Stewart's definitely in my list. Greg Olson's had some very good games against Seattle, but also had some duds, and has had some duds as of you know recently. So hopefully he can get back on track. But if they're going to shut down you know opposing wide receivers and Sherman's going to shut down Kelvin Benjamin, which I sort of expect, then yeah, Greg Olson should be able to get open over the middle. But just hope he doesn't get his block knocked off by Cam Chancellor. <laughs> Uh, cool. I, I really don't have anything to say. Uh, it was it, you said. That, let's see if the greasy wheel, if the um, you know whatever wheel gets greased. You saw in last week's game, Calvin Benjamin come to the sideline, yell at the offensive coordinator, flipping out. Two plays later, he caught a 48-yard touchdown that was a great catch on his part. So sometimes when you see these wide receivers, i.e. talking about Cooks earlier in the show, you got a bitch and then they feed you Morris. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. The Panthers, are, are they out of playoff contention? I mean, to go from uh, basically almost running the table last year, uh, being in the Super Bowl, and then this year essentially – I don't think they win this game. I think that they'll. Um, I mean, they're not even going to make the playoffs. That is a um, a, a, a big a big fall. Um, so we'll see. They. I think they need a couple more weapons um, at wide receiver. But 
I got nothing else to say there. Olsen's kind of slipping a little bit. He started off the season hotter than hot, and he's kind of coming down a little bit, um, not being the de facto number one guy over the last handful of weeks, uh, dropping some passes, making some great plays, but um, owners of, 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 of Olsen are a little more weary than they were, say, six weeks ago. Uh, should we move over to the Seahawks side of the ball? Yeah. I, I mean, the Seahawks are one of the tougher teams to read because they were on a three-game hot stretch where they were just demolishing opponents. Um, and, you know, Russell Wilson looked to be back. They had, you know, Jimmy Graham be a top, uh, the top tight end over a three-week stretch. Doug Baldwin was the number two wide receiver over a three-week stretch. Russell Wilson was up there at, you know, QB3 over that stretch. Uh, but then Russell Wilson laid an egg, rushed for 80 yards, but ended up with, what, 12 fantasy points? Uh, you know, threw some bad passes in that game. Um, against Carolina, it, it's going to be a true test because Carolina has some major, major road uh, uh, splits. When James Bradbury's in the game, this is from Mike Clay, uh, when James Bradbury, their you know, rookie cornerback who they really like, who they look wear number 24, the guy they sort of groomed to replace Josh Norman, when he is in the game, they uh, are active for the game, they allow just 15.75 fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. When he misses the game, they allow over 40 fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Hmm. It looks like uh, there's nothing to believe that he's going to miss this game. So if they're able to shut down, you know, Doug Baldwin, uh, and I, I mean, that's the only guy you really have to shut down, but he plays in the slot a ton. How does that sort of affect things? Because the rest of these wide receivers, Jermaine Curse, uh, he's been getting targeted a lot lately, just hasn't been making things happen. Uh, Tyler Lockett's just missed on a lot of plays but you know he looks terrible he's fantasy irrelevant he never seems to really look like he's going to make any of the plays Uh, it just seems very off with him and to quickly reflect on Doug Baldwin the only thing I'll say with him out of the 12 games that uh, played uh, so far with them he scored less than five and a half points in five of them so the floor on him he's throwing some dud, dud, dud cities He's boom bust for sure. So, uh, but he's got those upside games where he can put up twenty fantasy points. Yep. So, and that's definitely in the realm of possibilities. Um, Thomas Rawls, will he be able to roll? We saw that they were able to run a little bit more against Carolina without Luke Keekley. If he's out again, you know, I sort of expect Thomas Rawls to have a decent game. But you know, if this offensive line looks like it did last week. They're going to have tough things going, but they, they always seem to get up for home games. So I, I won't write off the C- Seattle Seahawks, but this is a game in, like, DFS I, I'm just going to avoid. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't really want anybody in either of these two games. It's just too unpredictable for me. I'd rather, you know, focus on those Tampa Bay game, Tampa Bay-San Diego game, uh, Detroit-New Orleans, uh, New York Giants. You know, yeah, Pittsburgh, those are the games I'm going to focus on, and I'm going to stay away from this one. Good point, good point. Well, let's see. Hopefully, um, let's see if, if Jimmy Graham can can, uh, can can turn it around and, 
and, and, and close the season out strong because they need him. Uh, the games that he's lighting it up and putting things up, those are the games that you've got to win next to them in the column. And the games where he's throwing up those duds, uh, most times uh, it seems like they have a hard time on, on offense. So we'll see. Everyone's talking about how Wilson's healthy, but still that game, it just doesn't look, it just doesn't look the same. And obviously they're not going to bundle that magic five-game run like they did last season, him and Baldwin. So we'll see. The Seahawks are uh, a hit and miss fantasy offense this year. Let's go on to our last game on Monday night, but before we do so, this will be our last sponsorship ad of the show. Maybe. (laughs) All right. The Colts are headed to the Meadowlands to play the Jets. Uh, It sounds like uh, today or yesterday, uh, Luck was back at practice. Uh, everyone's all signs point to him playing on Monday. Uh, what do you think? I mean, this is a game where I'm just going to play all. I'm going to play all the wide receivers against the Jets. T.Y. Hilton, if he can get back healthy from his sort of own injury problems. Dante Moncrief with Luck back. I mean, even he even scored a touchdown without him last week. But if Luck's back, this guy just scores touchdowns. So. I'm playing both of those wide receivers if Luck's back in the lineup. If Luck's not in the lineup, I'm probably going to avoid pretty much everybody on that team. Uh, Frank Gore, probably more of a running back two than a running back one against the Jets. They can stop the run, but maybe he could get some things done in the passing game if Luck's back out there. But, yeah, it, it all depends on Luck's health and his ability to be out there on the field. Because that's going to make a major, major difference for me. And we've seen sort of the Jets play a little bit better on defense here over the last couple weeks. Uh, But but before that, let's just remember they were getting toasted and toasted and toasted early in the season. Yeah. At at tight end, I don't really want to play either. I don't want to play Dwayne Allen. I don't want to play Jack Doyle. They're sort of eating into each other's targets. They're eating into each other's roles, and you don't know which is going to be the guy that week. Uh, I'm fine avo- avoiding both of them if you can. Yeah, it's it all hinges on luck. So keep an eye on that one, and I agree. And you, you look, and luck's still in in the uh, in the upper end of the quarterback, uh, you know, top seven, top eight quarterback. But uh, if he doesn't turn it around and start putting up some big games, uh, you'll see at the end of the season he um, he's going to be not not he's going to get surpassed by a guy like Brady. If Brady keeps has a couple of good games, uh, even missing those first four games, he can surpass uh, a luck. So hopefully he's back in and only misses. That that one game, but uh, Luck's got to pull it together, man. I got to be honest. Uh, for a guy that makes as much money as him, and a guy that's got this bulletproof, un, no one's ever testing his decision making. No one's ever. He's got to really. He's got to tighten it up. He's a little loosey goosey, and um, I love him as a player. I probably love him more than anybody else in the Pyro staff. I've got him as my quarterback in every friggin' league. But I, as a result, I watch him every, and he's just got to tighten it up. He's got to pull it in, and let's close this out on a high note. But it all hinges on him, uh, and like you said, Gore against that Jets defense, uh, they, they're good at stopping the run. Let's go to the other side, and then we can close the show out. The Jets are sticking with. Fitzpatrick, and um, 
I don't really know what to say. This is there's there's a handful of teams in the league that just uh, I, I mentioned the Cardinals being one of them uh, that just look disorganized. Just look, um, there's no fluidity to the offense, and the Jets definitely uh, fall into that category, in my opinion. Uh, can they get it done in this Colts game? Uh, do you like Brandon Marshall? Do you like uh, Quincy Inunua? I mean, I, I like Brandon Marshall. He he seemed to get it back on track last week. You know, got that touchdown, was just short of another big play. Uh, but overall, he he's had a pretty disappointing season, catching under half of his targets because of the inaccuracy of, of sort of Fitzpatrick. His touchdowns are really down from last season, but he got one last week. Uh, I, I probably play him against Indianapolis. I think he's... He could be a major difference maker. But the only two guys I really want to play here, maybe Inunua or Forte and Marshall, you know, ex-Bears. Forte against the Indianapolis Colts should be able to get it done. Uh, The Indianapolis Colts uh, allow the 31st most points to opposing quarterbacks, making Ryan Fitzpatrick intriguing, not. Um, (laughs) But also the 26th most fantasy points two opposing running backs. So I'm starting Matt Forte. You know, he's the guy who's been getting steady, steady work, but they've also been phasing in Bilal Powell a little bit more. And if something were to happen to, you know, where the the Colts got a big lead, Bilal Powell could be used a ton in this game. But I think both of these running backs have some upside as plays. I think you could start Forte as an RB1 and, you know, maybe Powell as a flex um, other than that, Marshall, maybe Inunua. Inunua's had some real big games this season, other, but he also has the potential for a dud. So if you're looking for safety, he is not your guy. But if you're looking for a guy with some upside, Inunua has it. Uh, you know, a 100-yard game and a touchdown last week. It was his first 100-yard game of his career. But he's been putting up 90 yards uh, a couple different times this season. So he's an interesting play, but more of a flex-type play for me. Yeah, I got nothing else there. You're not playing ASJ. There's nothing really happening. Isn't that the, the least used, uh, utilized tight end? Uh, didn't they have – I think they had – Five catches from the position this 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 year. Yeah, that was a big point of contention in the uh, on Twitter when talking about the Jets. Like they just don't use the position. Don't worry about it. Uh, you can avoid it. Don't even like if you're looking for a streaming option and you see SJ's name there, just laugh and <laughs> scroll down. Like I, I don't care. Um, but yeah, I, I I think you start the studs of Marshall and Forte and. I don't even know if you can call Marshall a stud anymore, but he's got some upside. Let's be real here. Uh, and then you look at, you know, maybe Powell and Anunwa's flex options. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, that runs through all the matchups. Again, the Browns-Titans there on by. Uh, so we just went through the 15 matchups of Week 13, making it lucky in number 13. Stag party. Always a pleasure to talk fantasy football. Drop the knowledge. Give our listeners the goo. Uh, it's just, it's just awesome stuff. Sorry we couldn't be together face to face and doing the, uh, doing this together. But as you could hear from uh, my coughing and I 
when I'm muting, I'm blowing my nose and all that stuff. Uh, probably better off for you. For the listeners out there, thanks for joining us. Check out Moe's Pyro Podcast Life this Friday. Uh, as I said earlier, it's a great one. Um, I don't know the names of the songs we're going to play because I haven't gotten around to it, but I do know the artist. Before I let you do your last thing, uh, the music you're hearing tonight is from a French electro brand, music band called um, Justice. And they just released last week just an unfriggin' believable album called Woman. I'm just blown away by how awesome it is. It's not as hard electro. It's just got this. It's unbelievable. So check that out. Justice Woman. Uh, hilarious. Their website is justice.church. Uh, we're going to change our URL from pyromaniac.com to pyromaniac.church. Uh, what do you got? If you're listening to this Zuncaster, uh Shoot us some feedback, you know, in a DM on Twitter, on Facebook. Let us know how it sounds. It could be something we do uh, a lot more next off season or next yep. season in general. So we just want to get your sort of feedback on it. Let us know how it sounds. Uh, and yeah, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, do all the pyro promos Derek mentioned, and yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, the season's coming to a close. Uh, we appreciate you following us on this journey. We really appreciate it so much. And let's do it. Let's bring home 13. Let's bring home 14. And uh, as you're winning and you're doing this, keep asking us questions. And let's win this thing. We're in this together. We do this uh, on behalf of our passion for fantasy football. But we just love making uh, you know you guys better fantasy football ballers. So. Much love and respect to all the Pyros. Stag Party, you're a one of a kind. Uh, we tweet out, he does a radio show on for the score uh, here on 670 in Chicago on Sundays. You can check that out. Uh, we go nuts on questions every Sunday morning. Like I said, check out that email. We love you guys, uh, and we're going to shout out. Uh, again, check this out. This is Justice off the album, Woman.